Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Battle Round. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He is Zachary Allen Goodman, coming at you live from our Towson studios on a beautiful, turning beautiful Saturday morning here. Uh, it was overcast when I woke up, and now we got the sun shining. The birds are flying. It's a beautiful time to be a Baltimore sports fan. What time do you wake up on these Saturday mornings? Oh, that's none of your business. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, Saturdays are like legitimately, well, we were supposed to have a fall baseball season and our jackass commissioner who is, he's a piece of garbage and I hope he's listening. (laughs) I hope he knows. I think he's a piece of garbage. He tells us, um, this is going to be a long drawn out answer for your simple question. Yeah. He tell it, he, we didn't know if we were going to have a fall season. Then on the, on the Monday the Monday a week before Labor Day, he sends out a message to league managers saying, the fall season is on, we must have six teams, and we're going to have a six-game schedule with a possibility for a seventh, and the season will start Sunday, September 17th. He sends this out at like 1 o'clock, and he says, we need to know by 5 this afternoon if you're going to field a team. Okay. Gives the league four hours. Mm-hmm. To figure out if they're gonna if they're gonna field a team, so now the league's canceled because he didn't give anybody enough time. Got it. Got because it, got he's it, a got jackass. <laughs> he's a jackass. Is this like the the one really short guy you were telling me about? Is that Dude, the same I, person? I, no, no. Okay. So there's just a lot of jackasses. In, the, the, in, in the, the one really short. Paul guy. Valley's baseball leagues. What What are you talking about? The you, one really you, short guy. You went on a whole thing for a while to me about on the show about a guy you really did not like. In, in one of your baseball leagues. I don't remember who it was, but you said he knows who he is. I remember that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Really short guy? Yeah, you told me you hated this guy. Like, I, 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 no, there's a guy who who's a catcher for the team I started out with in this league. It oh, happened maybe to be the it. Yankees, and everybody hates him. He's, oh, okay. he, he is actual human trash. That's um, the guy. That's the guy. He yeah. is, he's That's at, what you called him. No, nah, <laughs> this is a guy who I was struggling my first year in the league because I'm thinking, oh, this is 30 and over baseball. Yeah. I, I, I treated it like it was 50 and over baseball, and I was 22, mm. right? And no, no, you're facing legitimate, like, retired major league players, th- independent not, league players. No, hold on. Hold okay. on. There's a couple of those couple guys. of those. Okay. The majority of the people in this league are not those guys. Um but there are there are tournament teams. There's there's one team in the league that they win the championship every year, and the, the championship game it's like usually a three game series. Nobody has enough pitching, except for that team, to pitch three games in one weekend. And so they'll the first game or two will be close, and then the, the final game of the series they'll win like twenty two to one. <laughs> that, that's how it goes every year. Okay. But so my first year in this league. I'm playing for this team, and I'm struggling because I didn't put any work into it in the offseason. I'm struggling. It's been a bad year for me. And the catcher of this team, the butthole in question, he um, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, when you go up there, you need to bunt. Well, that's when they were runners on first and second and nobody out. When I come up, it's bases loaded okay. and nobody out. Okay. So obviously I'm not bunting yeah. with the bases loaded and nobody out. Not doing it. No. I ground into a one, two, three double play. Okay. A one, two, three double mm-hmm. play. And he's he's livid. He starts screaming at me in front of everybody. Okay. 
screaming yeah. at me, you were told to bunt! You were told to bunt! Going off his rocker at me. Yeah. In front of the in, in front of two full baseball teams, and the one team had like their entire families there for some reason. <laughs> okay. It was a highly attended game, and he's screaming at me. D- did your wife come or is that? No, this is that's this, good. Oh, that's good. This was almost ten years ago. Oh, okay. Well, this, well, well, this, okay this, this was in 2014. Got it. Got um, it. and then your cameras. B- completely blocking there's nothing you can do about it yeah I mean, I, it's, it's probably a good thing I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm grateful it's completely <laughs> you blocking at me, your yeah. face no but then but then we make our team makes it all the way to the championship I'm starting to, I actually got a hit in that championship game it was a bad a bad year for me I've is been, this the 22 to 1 game or is no, that no 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 okay, no, right. no no I well, that's the only championship game I've played in um, that game we lost 10 to 9 the championship but I'm playing left field I'm, I'm playing left field and a guy hits a fly ball and it's overcast with little breaks in the in the clouds. And he hits a ball directly into a break in the clouds where the sun was coming straight through it. So I don't see the baseball. But I saw it off the bat. And the trajectory, I said, okay, I'm going to go to where it looked like it was coming off the bat. So I go back to a spot. And then I, catch, I, I see the ball. And I'm too far back. So I come charging in. Okay. And I, yeah. can't, I can't get to the ball in time. I just can't get to it in time. It's 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 rare that I make a mistake like that in the outfield, but it was just a microcosm of my season. And I get back into the dugout, and the guy is ye- and he's clearly yelling, talking about me. He's yelling yeah. at our coach, who's like seventy two years <laughs> yeah. old, yeah. yelling at him. You gotta make a move. It's championship Sunday, bro. This is thirty and over baseball. Like yeah. I'm competitive, I'm serious. I about know you it. are. You I'm, are. I'm fiery. It's thirty and over baseball, man. It's championship Sunday. Dude, go someplace else. <laughs> you know, you, you, go get get the hell out of my face. And actually, a couple of guys quit that team that year because he screamed at them so bad in the championship game. Guys on our team. Uh, one guy didn't slide going into third base, and he and he yells at him. He's like, "You gotta slide." You blah blah blah. And he the guy he looks at me. He goes, "Don't yell at me." I'm a grown man. Don't you yell at me. Well, I was going to ask. You guys are all 30 and over. Can't you coach yourselves? Do you really need a coach? Is that well, a- I, th- that most teams have that. That's the one team. Okay. And, and they don't even have a guy that, that coaches them anymore. It's, yeah. it, it's a player manager. Every Got team it. has, has a player it. manager. But the whole point of that story was um, that I, normally I would have to get up uh, super early for baseball on Sunday mornings. So Saturday is usually my only day to sleep in because I don't have I don't have to be here till ten. Yeah. And but now we're not doing a fall season, so tomorrow I actually can sleep in. Nice. But still, I'm usually getting up around eight eight thirty. Um. Sometimes today I've been uh, I go through these spurts every three months or so where I go anywhere from one to three weeks where I don't sleep. Where I yeah. have I have a really uh, I know we're going off the rails here before we even get on the rails. Um. <laughs> where, where, where I do, where I don't sleep and I get like three to four hours of sleep a night. So I've had, this week, I've had, I think, 16 hours of sleep all week. Mm. 16 hours of sleep all week. So today, I stayed in bed until, um, like, nine. So, and that's why I didn't get here until a minute before the show started. And I was frantic. Well, my, my other job is, has got some stuff going on. Good stuff, hopefully. Good, but good. still, anyway, 
This is a baseball show. I'm Paul Valley. He's Zachary Allen Goodman. Today's show is brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back for season three. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For, for more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com Bowser. Next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. The reason I chuckled a little There's bit. There's an ironic. It was a very ironic, it was very ironic. It's brought to you by Super Sportsbook. Go gambling and help my gambling problem. Yeah, yeah, it's ironic. Um, but no, it's it's a, it's a serious thing. And I will admit that I put down, a, when I say put down a little bit, I didn't put down thousands. But I put down about 100 bucks on bets this past week. And I usually don't bet that much in an entire season. But they, it's so enticing, man. They're, they're like, we're going to give you um, two to one on Patrick Mahomes making a completion. Well, I was going to mention, if you're in... Wow, you got that. I, I didn't see that at yeah, all. Yeah, I won 20 bucks. Wow. Well, there's basically the same thing where if the Ravens beat the Texans, you it, the max bet's 25 bucks, you double your money. So that's on, uh, I think it's... I want to say DraftKings. I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure one of them. I think Pressbox is partnered with all of them, so I can talk about all of them. But uh, it, it's like if the Ravens beat the Texans, you automatically double your money, and it's like a, it, it was minus 485, and it's now plus 100. So, yeah. There was one um, Russell Street report uh, po- uh, partnered up with PointsBet. $50 bet, a $50 bet. It has to be a $50 bet, and you get a. I think you have to be a new. You have to be a new subscriber. But if you're a new subscriber, you place a $50 bet, you get a $150 promo for Fanatics to buy a free jersey. Oh, wow. To get a free jersey. I got a nice. Lamar Jackson jersey out of it. Nice. Yeah. So Sweet. I said if it wants the rate, once Lamar Jackson signs a, a, an extension, that's when I'll get I hope Lamar you bought Jackson a black jersey. one. The black one was out of the price range. Oh, got it. Okay. I got, a, I got a purple one. Whatever. The Ravens are purple. I like purple. Anyway, baseball show. Orioles, they took on the Boston Red Sox last night. Red Sox reeling. Uh, they've lost, what is it? Eight of 11, three straight, falling out of the playoff picture, thanks yeah. in part to the Orioles, who are, Greg Amzinger, the best team in the American League. Um, Kyle Bradish last night, fifth consecutive start of at least, of six innings pitched exactly and two earned runs or less. He goes six innings, four hits, two earned runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, 16th quality start. It's his first start with zero walks since June 14th and only his third start with zero walks of the entire season, which yeah. I did not realize because... I guess he walks guys, but he's got one of the he's got a top ten whip in all of baseball. Yeah. He doesn't give up a ton of home runs. The guy's a legitimate ace yep. on this team. Yep. He he is a legitimate front line. So I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later in the show, if I remember. Um five O's batters tallying multi hit outings last night. Nine reached base at least two times. Gunner three for six, a double, triple, and RBI. Adley two for four with a home run and three ribeye stakes. And Ryan O'Hearn just Hadn't started since Sunday, and comes in there, gets uh, an RBI single. I, I'm sorry, he, he singles, has a home, a nice long, what was it, 423-foot home run. The Orioles... And not only that, he smacked the ball in the first inning. Yeah. But it, it got ran down. But. Yeah, but scorched it right at yeah. the center fielder. Yeah. The, Ori- the, Ori- the Orioles outclassed the Red Sox last night. And, and it's crazy, because it was one nothing in the sixth. This It, it wasn't like... Um, it, it it wasn't like the uh, the Orioles were just pounding them into submission. You look at the final score, and you say, "Oh, this is um, 
This is the, the, the Orioles must have just dominated from start to finish. No, the Orioles went into the sixth inning up one nothing. Right. Uh, before they scored, th- they scored four runs. Was it in the sixth? Yeah, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Where yeah. it just the Red Sox keep playing like they were. And by the way, I think it's worth mentioning when you said they've been reeling, they were playing really good ball. At one point, about a month ago, month and a half ago, they were looking like they had a possibility at climbing into the wild card space. Now, obviously, the AL was really crowded, and it will still be throughout the rest of the season, but they had a stretch there where it looked like, I don't know, they had won like 9 of 11 or something really good, and, and they were making some strides. But now it looks more like, I think, what we all predicted the Red Sox to be, uh, you know, and not a pretty bottom-of-the-barrel team in the AL East. Because you have three really, really good teams at the top. It's, it's, and it's crazy because you say bottom of the barrel. And they're still good. They're still fine. The, the Yankees are actually at the bottom of the barrel. They're 70, Correct, yeah. they're 70 yeah. and 71. Red Sox are 72 Which, and, and 69. Again, they've lost 8 of 11. And, and 70 of 79, or 70 and 71, excuse me, is still fine. Like, that's... that's Not if you're the Yankees. Not if you're the Yankees, but it's still almost 500 ball. For a lot of teams, you know, if you're in a rebuilding phase, and obviously they're not, they're playing 30 and over baseball just like you, they are doing things that are not expected for the Yankees. However, it's still not a horrible season. It's not like the Kansas City Royals right now. It's not right. that, that level of baseball. Right, and, and the Yankees, if they were in the Central, they'd be right in the thick of the race. Yes, exactly. They'd be right exactly. in, the, in the thick of the race. By the way, Cleveland, six and a half games back yeah well uh, they played horrible baseballs of yeah late. and they yeah. just I, I don't want to go off on that I, I don't want to go off a tangent and, and bring us away from the AL East but Cleveland's played some really bad baseball and I, I think the the prospect decisions have been a little bit odd a lot of guys moving up and down constantly and I'm not sure I agree with that but again back to the AL East yeah back to the AL East where the Orioles sit atop the division by four games 89 and 51 somehow Tampa Bay keeps winning yeah, they do. Yeah, they they, do. they they lost four fifths of their starting rotation. They lost yep. their best player, and they keep winning. The pitching depth is just unreal. Like you just can't even. There's no way to overstate the pitching depth they have. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. The Orioles, though, they they have their largest lead of the season at four games in the division. The Orioles' yeah. magic number is down to seven. Now, people say, how is that possible? How is it that they're down to, that the that it's down to seven? When the team that's on the team that's on the outside looking in in fourth place, the Orioles have an eleven game advantage over. Yeah. wouldn't you think it be it would be eleven? Um, no, it's not because the top four teams in the um, American League Wild Card, you've got, and I actually have this in my notes. I'm not going to try and do this off of memory, but it's it's um, it can get a little bit confusing. But I'm gonna. Where are you? Okay, so the Orioles' matching number is seven because the top four wildcard teams play a lot over the final month. Seattle and Tampa Bay, which are uh, teams uh, one and two yep. in the wildcard, they're they're in a four-game series right now. But Tampa Bay is up, what, eight and a half games, seven and a half games? They're, they're up, up seven and a half games, but, half but, games. but that, that's not the point. Okay. That's not the point. Um, Texas and Toronto, the number Toronto's number three and Texas number four, they open a four-game series on Monday. Seattle and Texas play each other seven times in the season's final ten days. And then Tampa Bay and Toronto play each other six times in Tampa Bay's final eight games. And then Baltimore and Tampa Bay play four times in a big series coming up next weekend. So there's a lot of instances coming up here really soon. Coming up basically going on right today through <clears throat> next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Where if the Orioles win, they pick up a game on somebody. Right. If they win a game, they pick up a game on somebody, which is why their magic number is all the way down to seven. That's awesome. Um, yeah. be- because all they have to do is win, and they'll and one of these teams is going to lose. Yeah, one of these teams yeah. is going to lose. Uh, the, and the, the, your magic number is a combination of 
Yeah, I was going to say, I need you to explain it to me because I don't get the concept. So the, mag- the magic number is any combination of your team's wins and your competitor, your closest competitor's losses, okay. I believe. Okay. Or I guess competitors, like, so for in, in this instance, it would be Toronto losses. Okay. Right? So if the Orioles, let's say that the Orioles go in, if the Orioles win, let's say the Orioles sweep the Red Sox, right? Their magic number is down to five after tomorrow. Got it. Got it. Then if they win on Monday, it's if, if they win on Monday, it's down to four. Toronto loses, it's down to three. They yeah. win on Tuesday, it's down to two. Toronto loses, it's down to one. Right. They, okay. they, they could on Wednesday, they could go in there and just win the game on Wednesday. Now this also assumes that they're not going to um, but but it's any combination. The Orioles could lose, but as long as Toronto loses, they're or they're in good shape. Um, and they won the season series, so it's actually. The matching number is even lower because the Orioles own the season series over over Seattle and over Toronto. And when they play Tampa Bay next week, all they have to do is win one game, and it's essentially a two-game. It, it's essentially a twofer because it gives them the season series. So that that's why the number is as low as seven right now. Now it's 18 to clinch the American League East. Two weeks from now, I mean, in that, that series with Tampa Bay, I mean, let's say the Orioles swept that series, that would, that would give them eight. Eight numbers, eight eight numbers off of their magic number. So let's say that they went into that series with series with a magic number of eleven, and they swept that series. It would be down to three after that series. Yep. So the yep. Orioles, the Orioles could be clinching the American League East pretty soon. Right. Pretty and, soon. And, and clinching, clinching a playoff appearance even sooner. That would be Tuesday, I believe, if everything goes as planned. They, they could they could clinch on Tuesday. I, you know what? I think I like it's. I legitimately figured it out um, <laughs> without even trying. Not without even trying, but like I was like, how do they clinch on Tuesday? And I couldn't figure it out. And as I was talking to you, I figured it out because yeah. they already have the season series with Toronto. Right. Exactly. So. Yes. I'm going to be at the game on Wednesday for my birthday. I'm also going to be at the game on Friday because it's the Adam Jones. Um, yeah, September thir- thir- 13th. God, I can't see the, n- the number 13. Happy birthday, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Coming so I'll be, uh, I'll be at that game. So they can clinch Wednesday or they can clinch Friday. No yeah. other days. Clinch Wednesday or clinch Friday. I want to be there. You want to um, be there. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to the game next Friday? I might be. We'll see. Okay. I wasn't plan. I don't have tickets yet, but I might have to if that, especially if they start losing a little bit and there's going to be some clinching possibilities, then. Um, well. I, I, ha- I have two tickets, and my wife can't go, Oh, and my buddy Adam can't go. I'll let you know. So, I'll let you know. What do you mean you'll let me know? I, 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 you, I, my co-host the day be- is going to tell me he's not going to go to the Adam Jones game with well, me when it's a day before one of our shows? I have to I have to work so until 5, so if I can get up there, it, it's a 7 so, o'clock game. So do I. Oh, right, you, but, oh, but you, I'm, you, I'm, you I'm in, in D.C., I'm in DC yeah. so yeah. I'm all the way down yeah. on, on Capitol Hill, so I gotta make it. That's a long drive. Oh, yeah. I might be able to make it. I don't know. I'll let our, you know. Our, our politician, our politicians, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's what it is. They yeah. zig, I zag. Elected official, obviously. Yeah, they, they they zig, you zag. That's gonna be your, your Zach, Zachary Allen. Zachary Allen Goodman. My mom actually texted me this morning when she when the show got started. And she said, "It's good, Zachary Allen Goodman." I swear to God, she said that. It's good, Zachary. Yeah, Allen like Goodman? She, she always says, it's good, like to let me know everything's working, and she, you know, she can hear it and all that because we've had some technical difficulties over the years, and but this time she put in there Zachary Allen Goodman. There you just go, to, just for I, you, Paul. They're, they're gonna go and legally change your name. I don't yeah, think they, they can. They probably will. I, I don't think they can. No, they anymore. can't do that. But they're, <laughs> probably, they're probably like, damn, that's a good that's name. Why don't we think of such that? Such a good name. It's a politician's name. I don't know. It's it's a politician's name. Yeah. Um, Zachary Taylor. Zachary Allen Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, president. Zachary Taylor. The president? Yeah. Zach Taylor. Who the hell is Zach Taylor? He was a president. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Really? Isn't he the coach of the Bengals? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as I have it right. Zachary Taylor, I believe, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah, he was the 12th U.S. president, Zachary oh, Taylor. Look at so. you. That's why, maybe, that's, his, maybe his middle name's Alan. Who knows? That's why, that's why you're working... That's why you're working on uh, on Capitol Hill. I don't even think he has a middle name. Like I looked it up, and it's just Zach Taylor. I don't think he has. Is it? Is there an H or a K, or is it just Z A C? No, it's just no. It's it's Zachary. It's an actual with an H. Zachary, Zachary with an H. Yeah. Zachary. Did they do middle names when he was the twelfth resident in the eighteen hundreds? I don't know. Uh, I told I. I off the rails uh, as usual, but oh my gosh, man! I don't even know what the hell's going on with the show. We've spent twenty minutes talking about nothing. Um, Felix Bautista it ha- was playing catch yesterday. Okay, yeah. I- I- I'm not a doctor. Mm. I'm not a doctor. My dad, <laughs> dad is. is. Yeah, my dad is. I'm not a doctor. I know nothing. But I'm pretty sure that if you need Tommy John surgery, that you're not playing catch. I'm the. I, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but it would stand to reason. You would think you would that think. if you need Tommy John surgery on yeah. your throwing arm, that you're probably not playing catch. Right. So, I think there might be some good news coming down the pipe here for uh, Piper Pike. Is it down the pipe or down the pike? I think it's pipe. 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 Yeah. I think it's pike. <laughs> it can work either way. Well, we, well, we can just say both. We'll figure. But it here's out. the thing: down the, even, down the pike pipe. Even if it's not for this year, even if we get the news that hey, Felix Bautista is going to be ready for next year's opening day, huge win. That's huge. Huge win. I mean, regardless, uh, if he's back before you would factor in the timeline for Tommy John surgery, which is a year and a half, two years for a lot of guys. I mean, two years is like expected these days because I feel like teams are starting to slow play guys more well, not, than ever. Not, because not not two years. It's been know. it's been I a mean, year and a half since John year, Means had his year and a half. Yeah, right. So. Uh, Opening day is a win, but yeah. certainly right now would be a win. I, I would hope they wouldn't bring him back without being 100% positive. There's no I way. would think they wouldn't. There's I would no way. There's just no way. Yeah. You're, you're, you're thinking about this season only if you're doing yeah. that. And even, 100%. And, and even then, you know. Um, Which I guess you have to to some degree. But, but then if you're but, only thinking about this season, you'd bring up Jackson Holiday, Heston Kerstad. you kind of do that too. So, I don't know. But here's the thing, though. The Orioles' bullpen, since Felix Bautista went down, yeah, 312 ERA. Yeah, I have it in the notes right here. Fuji, he's quietly put together an impressive stretch. His ERA over his last eight outings covering nine innings is two. He's got a .59 FIP, a .89 WHIP, twelve Ks. Yeah, in his last ten outings, he has zero walks and fourteen strikeouts after walking nine in his first eleven appearances. He's becoming, without people even realizing, he's becoming a trusted part of this bullpen. Yeah. Um, CNL Perez has been, it's been more than two months now since he came off the IL his ERA is 156. Mm-hmm. His whip is below one. Phil, uh, CNL Perez is well beyond back. Uh, Danny Coulomb's been nails all year. Yeah. Jacob oh, Webb, yeah. Jacob Webb's ERA is sub two since coming to the he's Orioles. Up, it, it, what? Five appearances where he's given up runs so far. Four appearances. It's been I don't even very think it's, little. I think, I think yeah. it's like three, three or four. Yeah. Um, uh, Cano. Basically, since the beginning of August, his ERA is one and a half. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's Cano's been a lot better. I, I think that if we look at the most drastic change, it's probably CNL Perez. It, you know, he went on the injured list and came back a lot better. But I think if we look at Cano, it's been an even and actually, ju- just as drastic change, really. Since since the start of August, actually, in 15 games, Cano has one walk, eight hits, one earned run. He's got yeah. a .643 whip and a 
ERA. When, when I saw the Fuji note, I was going to go back, but I didn't have the time to do it. Go back and look at the leverage of the situation he was put into. Like, mm-hmm. where, you know, was he pitching with the lead? Was he not pitching with the lead? Was he pitching with a huge lead? That kind of thing. And just try to try to see that. That's a, a little bit of work that I might get to in the break at one point. However, I what you have in your notes, can you trust Fujinami? And I think it still depends 100% on the situation. Yeah, him. absolutely. 100%. It, he, he's, what he's doing right now is giving the Orioles reason to put him in an opportunity where they can learn if they can trust him. Yeah. Right? So yeah. right now, if that makes sense, right now he's probably earned their trust to earn a high leverage situation. Yeah. And then he's got to perform in that to earn the trust to continue to get them. Right. And he's got to be consistent with it. It can't be one good... I mean, it, nobody's 100% perfect and consistent, but you got to see more consistency out, out of what he's been. In the past, we have the... The sample size, it's small, but when he comes in with a lot of runners on base in the middle of an inning, he simply does not perform well. The control goes wild. Forget about command. He doesn't have any control. I mean, he's not even getting the ball close to the strike zone. That's been the majority of the appearances that we've seen him in high-leverage situations. So I want to say that I'm skeptical, but if you look at the stretch, he's pitched really, really well. Yeah, but and you also have to... Maybe he's not the guy you go to. Sure. And, and that's yeah. why D.L. Hall's here. That's why Danny Coulomb's yeah. here. That's why CNL... You have... Jesus. Ryan McKenna bailed him out a little bit the, last the, night. <laughs> yeah, but still, he's yeah. got a 245 ERA since being recalled. Correct, yeah. Uh, and he's not walking, guys. And he's down to, what, 3-6 overall? I think 3-6-8. 3-4-8. 3 okay. Um, or maybe it is 3-6-8. I think it's 3-6-8, yeah. Either way. Um, and that's... that's He was a guy he gave up... He gave up... Um, what was it? Four, three runs in three and a third in yep. his in his first appearance yeah. of the year, but he struck out seven. Um, and that and that was way back if you remember, like at the end of April. That's the most deal hall outing ever. Just yeah. striking out seven guys, but giving up a few runs too. It's yeah, deal hall for you. Um, but the Orioles have four lefties in their bullpen right now, and all of them are really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if you need a, if you need to bring in a lefty in a situation and you don't want it to be Fuji, okay, you got D.L. Hall or you got C.N.L. Perez or you got Danny Coulomb, you have ways to not put Fuji in those situations, and then you can bring him in. I mean, they brought him in in the ninth inning in a save situation with a one run lead and got the save. Mm-hmm. So you you have yourself in a situation now, and I believe he struck out the side mm-hmm. where you can bring. Fuji into a clean inning and trust him there because he's got a clean inning. So we got to get Stan on the line. Uh, while they do that, John Means, baby, he's back. Um, his stint is over. There are rumors swirling that he's going to get a start in the series this at the beginning of this coming week against the Cardinals. And we're going to talk with Stan about that here in, a, in a, a little bit once we have him on the line. But John Means being back, stretched out to 75 pitches per outing, at, topped out at 86 Stretched out to five innings. I think their plan is for him to start. We're going to get Stan's take on that. But right now, you're looking at the Orioles back down to a five-man rotation. Cole Irvin back to the bullpen. Kyle Gibson was fine the other night. He still gave up three runs in six innings. But this isn't a guy I think that we're trusting anymore. You know, And with, with that in mind, we've got on the line for his weekly segment, Stan the fans. Harold, Stan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Stan, we have um, John Means coming back. Uh, he should. The rumors are that he's going to be getting a, going to be getting a start in the series against the Cardinals to begin this coming week. Is that the Orioles' plan? Are they planning on using him as a starter? Because they stretched him out to five innings each of his last two outings, and they stretched him out to as many as eighty-six pitches. He's averaged seventy-five pitches each of his last three rehab starts. Are they pl- fully planning on using him as a rotation piece? 
it sure seems like that at the, at the current time. You know, the uh, the uncertainty around uh, coal urban, you know, and they let's be let's be blunt about it. Coal has been a really good soldier, and I still like him. I don't think they have an awful lot of confidence in him. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. that's that's in in Cole Irvin, and I think the the package they've gotten out of Jack Flaherty has been really unimpressive, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprising me uh, because you know clearly they had to have scouted him. So with those two pieces out, uh, you know, being not being taken seriously as starting options. I would think that uh, the way means is coming along right now, they're they're thinking that that that's the guy for the fifth for the fifth spot right now. Yeah, and I, you can you can do a whole hell of a lot worse than John Means as your fifth starter, assuming that he's John Means. Now, look, we still have to see that he can do it. He was very good in in, in his rehab starts to get back here, but let's let's not forget. Well, I heard he was. I heard. I, I didn't follow it really that carefully. I know he had one really strong five inning outing, mm-hmm. like a one hit or something like that, yep. no runs or one run, and then the the start after that was less impressive, I was told. Yeah, he, he gave up three runs in five innings on 67 pitches right. in, in his final rehab start. But and I, I, I remember Grayson Rodriguez saying not too long ago that they don't he doesn't put a lot of stock in the minor league numbers because my, the minor leagues are used for working on stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I hear when I see John Means do that, if, if that's what he's doing at the big league level, okay then. But I have to assume that he's just working on refining his pitches at this point. But everything I've seen, at least his changeup, looks as filthy as ever from the things I've seen. So it'll be exciting to get John Means back. Maybe he starts to uh, he goes into the rotation for the final month of the season. And then, well, we're well into the final month of the season now. But maybe he goes into the rotation and then he becomes a bullpen piece in the postseason. We shall see. Now, Stan, you mentioned Cole Irvin, uh, that the Orioles don't trust him. Another former Oakland athletic now on this Orioles roster that has to regain some trust is Shintaro Fujinami. But Stan... Fujinami has gone, has put together a pretty impressive stretch. His last eight games covering nine innings, he's got a two ERA, a .59 FIP, and a .89 WHIP. Stan, he hasn't walked a batter in ten outings. Has he become somebody that you're beginning to trust a little bit more? Yeah, uh, no question about it. You know, the, the combination, the, one of the key things that's happened in those, during those last ten outings is not only his, he's pitched well, is that we've lost Felix Bautista. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, I think he's somebody that they're gradually learning to trust more. And, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe, you know, Chris Holt again and his team are finding something that is helping him, uh, you know, maybe simplifying some things that he's trying to do. But he he has been very, very tough out of the bullpen lately. Yeah, and Stan, everybody has been very tough out of the bullpen lately. Yeah. You know, when, when Felix went down, the sky was falling. The, the, the Orioles can't overcome this. Greg Amzinger was still saying last night that Tampa Bay is going to be the team to beat because of their bullpen, and the Orioles losing Bautista is going to be their downfall. Stan, this team, and, and I won't go over the numbers again because I just went over them in the segment with Zach, but if you look at the numbers I put in the notes here from every single piece of this bullpen, yeah, even... Even Jorge Lopez, the ERA not great, but he has no walks and five strikeouts and three outings. 
this bullpen has become a strength, and they've had they stand they have a three twelve ERA since Bautista went down. The team's in the middle of a six game winning streak. They're nine and three since Bautista went down. I'm never going to say that Bautista going down is overblown, but man, this team has risen to the challenge, haven't they? Yeah, they they really have. They really have. There's no question about it. And I did look at the numbers in your notes, and they were numbers that I couldn't have recited to you, but I I knew I knew Perez has been pitching really well. I knew Fuji uh, has been pitching really well. Cano's been pitching well. Coulomb has been pitching well. Um, and I'd even like the way Cole Irvin looks in the bullpen right now. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, they've got they've got a, an extraordinary, extraordinarily versatile pitching staff right now because you're talking about not trusting the guy who's got more wins than anybody else on the team. Uh, 14 wins out of Kyle Gibson, mm-hmm. there's a good chance he could win 16 or 17 games. Yeah. And and no Orioles done that, I think, since Chris Tillman uh, or we and Chen, and nobody's done 17 since Musina, I believe. That's, you're so right. you're, you're talking about not trusting him. I'll tell you what I do trust is sort of matching him up in, in a piggyback fashion uh, with John Means, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because let's let's – be, let's be real. It, the notion that John Means is going to come in and give you six and two thirds innings in a major league game right now—he's not. I just don't see it. He's not. Yeah, but you, but you, but you put Kyle Gibson in as a starter or Means as a starter, and then flip the other guy in after three innings. Suddenly, the other team's got to either spend all their bullets early in the game, or you've got them turned around for those three innings. Where you know where it works to your advantage, so I think um, manager Brandon Hyde's got a lot, to, a lot to think about. You know, yeah, and I'll, I'll just give you one other notion. Mm-hmm. You, you know me, you've known me now, Paul, for about three years, and I always talk Going about four. yeah, convert, convert, converting uh, failed starters or or something that I see in somebody. I I, I really would be very interested to see a brief experiment in September with Jack Flaherty as a one-inning pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if he's going full I, exertion for one I inning... I mean, all of a sudden, that 95 or 96 that he gets up to could be 97 or 98 in one inning, in a one-inning burst, uh, factored in with the, the breaking stuff he has. But he's been dismally disappointing to me as a, as a real piece in, in the rotation moving forward but yeah um if if i were his agent i would be i would be going around shopping him during this offseason as a as somebody who wants to be a relief pitcher yeah because he just doesn't look like he cuts it as a starter anymore yeah and, and, and it, it's it's going to be hard to get flaherty on board with that because he's 27 years old and he has had a great deal yeah. of success at points in his career but and, and yeah. something about it i think there might be a little bit of an attitude thing there with him with him as well there's no question there's no question yeah. about it and, i mean you know i go back i go back to when dan duquette made the trade for bud norris mm-hmm. um by the by, the second season they had Norris. They picked him up like in June or something. The first year, mm-hmm. I forget whether it was thirteen or fourteen, and he pitched. He pitched pretty well, but by the middle of the second season or the very beginning of the third season, I you know with us, it was clear 
that this guy was not a, a starting pitcher that I, that you really wanted in your rotation. Yeah, I and uh, I was pro- projecting him then. I said before they give him away because they did give up a significant player. They gave up Josh Hader for him. Mm-hmm. I said before you just th- throw him to the curb. Let's test him as a reliever. They never did. And what did he do for about three or four years with the Cardinals and the Angels? He was Close. a very good, uh, you know, closer yeah. for a while. Yeah, Bud Norris, I remember because I was living in Taos, and he came over in 2013, and he was okay down the stretch for the Orioles, but it wasn't enough to get them over the hump. 2014, he he won 15 games with a three-and-a-half year. That's right. Yeah. He was very good, but yeah. then I remember because I was at – I've was at i been at every opening day for 17 years. He um, Right. He, he – started the home opener in 2015 against the Blue Jays and got absolutely lit up. After four or five starts, he had like a seven ERA, and he was never the same again yeah. for the for the, never the same. Never the same again. But he, but he did become an effective reliever. I'm, he did. I'm not quite sure why it only lasted three or four seasons because he was pretty darn good with the Angels and the Cardinals. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm um, not sure why either. I was surprised by that too, actually, why it didn't last longer. Yeah, yeah. so it, again... I'm just looking at it. Could Jack Morris find something? You know, I was really open that the combination of Flaherty and Chris Holt was going to create some sparks. Uh, it hasn't yet. I don't think he's going to be back as an Oriole next year. Uh, and I think that was part of the package they gave up for him. It was not a particularly strong package. The, the kid Showalter may one day be a fairly decent piece in the major leagues. Yeah. But it, it was it was worth it, a try. But I'm just saying for his personal career, um, I would have liked to have seen Matt Harvey, for example, five years ago, move to the bullpen. You yeah. know? But there is an ego thing to it. There's no 100%, question about it. 100%. Uh, yeah. There's an ego thing, and frankly, there's an earnings power thing, uh, you know, an mm-hmm. earnings portion of that. Whereas... If you if you can get back to being a good starter, you can get fifteen to twenty million dollars. You know, Jack Flaherty, the idea that he would get more than two or three million to start out as a reliever, you know, until yeah. he established himself. So that's a big that's a big drop off. But uh, you know, it, it's just not happening with him right now. Yeah, and and like you said, to start out two to three million. Now, if you become one of the best relievers in baseball, you can get twenty million a year, eighteen million a year. But you've got to do it consistently for yep. a decent amount of time. But yep. I, I don't, yep. I don't hate the idea of Flaherty being a a, a a reliever. But I think, I think he's at a point now where he's got to earn his way into a postseason spot. Um, yeah, I, I don't see right now unless they, unless they talk to him, discuss it, and try it five, six times in September. I don't see him on the roster right now for the postseason, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the how Kyle... excited we were when we got him, you know. Yeah, and 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 that that was the thing. Like I, I think that the excitement, it was the excitement that the Orioles did something, and because mm-hmm. I I felt like they could they I know that they took some big swings for some better pitching and they missed out on some other opportunities because of it. But Jack Flaherty, yeah. for me, wasn't a guy. If you had told me a week prior of the pitcher that the Orioles were going to get is Jack Flaherty, I would have been like, oh, all right. It, it, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I think it was just the excitement of the moment rather than the actual play. I, I think we've seen very quickly with Flaherty that it depends on how fired up he is 
is a and his mental state and where he's at is a lot of how well he pitches. Yeah. I mean, we saw him in the first game. He came out fired up. He was throwing what 95, 97, way above his normal velocity, and he's kind of flirted with that in some of his other starts. But he was really fired up, and I think that helped him be in a better mental state to pitch like he did, like he did that that first game. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Stan- I, I think we'd all agree. I think the three of us would agree. His body language, you know, his sort of facial expressions. It's not a it's not a pretty package to make the combination. And look again, yeah, yeah. like with like with Matt Harvey, when you go from being somebody that can toss, you know, Matt Harvey was a hundred mile an hour starter, you know, when he was really in his prime. When you go to that and you you're down to ninety one, ninety two, it it's it's tough, you know, it's really tough because you're not. And and a lot of these younger pitchers, I think they're brought up much quicker. And they don't really learn the art of pitching, you know. Um, there's something I still like about Flaherty, but I don't think it's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. I think it's in there. He's he's shown in spurts that it's still in there. Yeah. It's I think more than anything, it's a mental thing at this point because I think the, yeah. the ability, confidence issues. Yeah. I think the ability is there yeah. now. Stan yeah. Felix Bautista. Uh, it was reported yesterday that he was in Fenway Park playing catch. And I was saying to Zach, yeah. I'm no doctor, but if you need Tommy yeah. John surgery, I don't think you're playing catch under the team's supervision. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, a buddy of mine called me yesterday. He'd heard the same report and was asking me. I, I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. You know, the club has only put out one statement about him that he has a UCL injury of some of some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know the degree. And, uh, you know, if you want to look for silver linings, but uh, my silver lining is all the other numbers you're giving me and not worrying so much about Felix for this year. I still think it would be an incredible long shot that that you would be using him. And and that's what Zach was saying. Zach was saying if if it comes out that, you know, he's done for this year, but he'll be ready for opening day next year, that's a win. That's a win because we're, we're, we're sitting here thinking this guy's going to need Tommy John surgery and he's done until 2025. If he's playing catch right now, but the intent is just to have him on a rehab program yeah. and have him yeah. fresh starting next year, I'm okay with that. You know, I have to yeah. be, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, look, we're all adults here. You know, look, our chances of being in a World Series, making a deep run or winning a World Series – we're clearly tied to the fact that we had the best reliever in baseball, mm-hmm. but we've got a pretty we've got a pretty bright management team on this team, including you know the the, the general manager and and all that comes underneath of him. And uh, I think they're doing a remarkable job at keeping this thing together and thriving despite this injury. Stan, I'm glad you mentioned management because I'm very interested to see um, how Brandon Hyde is going to maneuver this pitching staff and maneuver this team uh, as they get closer to the playoffs and and then get into the playoffs. And I think we saw a little glimpse of it the other day in Dean Kramer's start where Dean goes four and two-thirds innings. He hasn't. It, it, he's got two outs in the fifth inning, and then he he walks back-to-back hitters and then gives up an infield single, and Brandon came out and didn't let it get out of hand. He took him out right then and there, whereas maybe a couple of weeks ago, he's leaving him in to see if he can get out of it, and I think he did that saying, we got to win every game that we can 
uh, to try and close yep. this thing out. Uh, did you feel the same way I did when I saw him take him out? That when you saw him take him out there in the fifth inning, that this is that he's yeah, managing was, for the playoffs. I thought, it was an, I thought it was an aggressiveness that we don't often you see with him. You know, uh, I think he was really proactive in not letting something get out of hand, and uh, I think you're right. He's managing each of these games. Look, you know. A lot of people still tell me the Houston Astros are the best team in the American League. If they were in our division, they'd be 10 games behind us. Mm-hmm. So I don't see, and I know m- most of that was accomplished without Justin Verlander. Uh, so they're good, don't get me wrong, but they don't really scare me uh, at nearly the way that Houston team in 17 or in 21 would have scared me. The, the lineup just isn't isn't that incredible you know yeah yeah and look how jose altuve is has gone absolutely bananas over the last couple of yep. weeks and that, yep. that team's got firepower you know and it, it wasn't that long ago they came yeah. in here and took two or three from the orioles but you're right stan there's not a team in baseball that scares me there, there's not a team mm-hmm. the, the, the orioles have have stood in the face of every single cha- challenge and come away on top so for me, this yeah. team is resilient. They've proven it time and time again that they that you can trust them. I'm done doubting this team. I mean, look at it. It's, they went into into after the All Star break. That stretch of games was awful. The Orioles won 18 games in back to back months. They're five and one in September, six and one in September. Yeah. I, I'm done doubting this team. They, they're they're the real deal in my in my opinion. Yeah. And they, they are. The, I, I agree with you. That's a good way to put it. I, the one team that. That does scare me, <clears throat> and we played them earlier in the year. They weren't what they are today. We aren't what we were. You know, we aren't. We aren't. We weren't what we are today. Back then in May, I think it was. Is the Atlanta Braves? I mean, I think the Braves are clearly the class of baseball. But yes. I'm not. I'm not overwhelmingly, you know, scared of them or anything like that. Because I also think there's a a certain thing that's happening to this team with this core of young players that they are getting better and more confident. You know, you, you look at a Gunnar Henderson today versus six weeks ago, 10 weeks ago, you measure what kind of major leaguer he is now. And it's a uh, world's different, you know, Stan, this, this team going into through the dog days of summer into the final month, into the playoff stretch here, all they've done is put themselves one win away from Eight, from seven consecutive uh, series wins, they're in the middle of a six-game winning streak. And oh well, look at who they're playing. Well, they're doing to to the to the bad teams what the good teams are supposed to do to the bad teams. They're doing exactly what they're yep. supposed to do, and they're passing with flying colors. And look, yeah, the Braves took two or three from the Orioles back in May, but the Orioles were essentially two pitches away from sweeping that series, and they still haven't been swept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still I've, haven't been swept. Over all that, what what is it? 84? 85, and how many 85. Series is that, uh, is 85 that, series. Ninety-five. 85. That's a remarkable remarkable and telling piece about what's happening here, you know, uh, because that's just, that just doesn't happen. It keeps you from having a long losing streak, Mm -hmm. you know. And to this point in time, they haven't. You know what else is remarkable, guys? If you look at when this rebuild started, we, we all collectively... I'm, I'm just, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I know how we all felt. God, this is so daunting to, to be with the Yankees because they can spend so much money to be with the Red Sox because they have so much money. We're 19 games better than the Yankees 
17 games better than the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. The only team in in our in our area code is the Tampa Bay Rays, and we all admit that they were tough, you know, that that was going to be tough. And Toronto has spent a fortune, and we're 10 games better than them. Yeah. So it's what Mike Elias has accomplished here is, is pretty remarkable. Scouting and development. Scouting and development, man. Yep. They've got all these young, talented players. And and the key thing here, Stan, is that the, their draft picks, and we're not just talking about their first round, second round. We're talking about third, fourth, seventh, you know, tenth round guys who are flourishing in the minor leagues, top to bottom. This, this minor league system, this is why they're the number one ranked farm system again and again and again. The scouting and development is second to none with this team, which is... Yep. In my entire life, man, I could I through 2016, 2017, I couldn't say that ever about this team. It's yeah. remarkable and ha- remarkable how quickly they've done it. And maybe the most exciting part is that they have a multi what billion dollar complex being built in twenty five million. Twenty five. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought it was billions, but it, it's it's a good amount of money and a good investment. <laughs> what's a few? What's a few dollars? Yeah, you know, <laughs> billion, million, whatever. It, for John Angelos, it's you know, it's just money. But uh, down in Latin America, they they've made a significant investment and we yeah. haven't even reaped the benefits of all of that right. yet that's yeah. the really exciting yeah. part here we as fans we haven't seen these guys come up yet in three four years when all of a sudden a third of this team you know is latino it's going to be you know remarkable when, when six eight ten players on the orioles are latino because mm-hmm. the orioles have never really been able to to reap anything from the latin america Guys, this dates back to when I started doing sports talk in Baltimore in 1983. Tom Giordano was the scouting director for Baltimore Orioles, and they hired a guy that had been stadium ops. They hired him, John McCall, to be... Whenever I wanted to talk to anybody in the organization about scouting in South America, I mean Latin America... That's who they would bring in, and he he was a nice enough guy. Didn't know anything about it. Really wasn't wasn't the guy you would have wanted, you know. And the Orioles have floundered in that regard for you know since since it really the tide turned, and so many Latino players make up you know not only make up the the number of percentage of rosters, but the percentage of superstars. You know, right now I think the Latinos make up 40% of the superstar players in baseball right now. And the Orioles haven't had one of them up until now. Yeah, and you look at it, you're already starting to see a little bit of a little bit of it starting to shine through. I mean, Samuel Basayo, what is he, 19 years yeah, old? Yeah, he's, he's, he's the first guy, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he's the I mean, top look, five prospect of the Orioles, top 50 in baseball, and he's been a monster. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's and worth I noting. Felix, I know Felix and Cano have both thrived here but they weren't developed by you know they weren't uh, signed and developed from start to finish by the Orioles. Yeah. You know? it's worth noting too that Basayo a catcher is probably going to play first base here in, in, in mm-hmm. the net, whenever he ends up coming to Baltimore and that's probably the weakest part of his game defense wise he's mm-hmm. you know he hits he's mm-hmm. certainly hit and, and moved you know well throughout and quickly throughout the minor league system so it's it's going to be exciting. 
Zach, is he not much of a defender at all? I, I've heard he's not the best defensive catcher. I, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him personally. Though. He has a good arm, but the the defense, the the framing, the blocking, not his best attributes. He's more of a hitter. Yeah, nineteen though. Sure. Yeah, you know, a, lot, he, a lot of development. No, but he's also a bigger guy, not the most. Yeah, he's huge. Kind of like he might turn into a Mike Napoli sized guy. <laughs> you never know. Like that's what I think of when I think of bigger mm-hmm. catchers. But that's I don't know. A good comp. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's he's a big dude. He's he went from the complex league to to Delmarva. He's up to Aberdeen now, and he has not slowed down. That's a guy who you could see uh, knocking on the door maybe by the end of next year if if everything continues yeah. at the same rate. Luke Luke just went out and saw him the other day. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, we came back in you know, raving about him. Yeah. And, and Stan, the uh, Orioles' magic number for a postseason spot is down to seven. 18 for the mm-hmm. division. They have the, their best record through 140 games since 1979, according to at Orioles Factoids on Twitter. He used a baseball reference um, a stat site. Um, when we think of the best teams the last 40 years, Dan, my mind immediately goes to 1997 and 2014. In 1997, you knew all year the Orioles were the best team in baseball, and it didn't work out for them in the, in the postseason. 2014, you knew the Orioles were good, and in the second half, you were shocked when they didn't win. How does this year's team stack up against the best teams you've seen over the last 40 years? Well, I mean, i got to include the 1983 team that won yeah, a World Series. That's true. And, and, and averaged like 100 wins a year from 79 to, you know, uh, if it if it hadn't been for a a blown, let's call it what it is, it was a blown World Series. I mean, they were up three three games to one over the Pirates, who were a good team, but the Orioles were a a better team that year. I got to include that team, and it they they remind me an awful lot. They didn't have the this team right now doesn't have the established players that that 83 team did mm-hmm. uh, which was which was an older team uh but it, it has some of the same qualities the same versatility um so i put those two teams this team and that one two probably 83 right now you talk to me in a month and i might think the the 2023 was better than the 83 and that ninety seven team was was a really really good team. You yeah, know. boy, were they good. Um, I, I don't I don't put the fourteen. They were fun. It was so incredible to have a ride like that. You know, after suffering from nineteen ninety eight through two thousand eleven, to suffer where you you wondered whether this team would ever be relevant again, and that fourteen team. Uh, gave you the the feeling of relevance again, mm-hmm. which was really really remarkably important, and it's still important enough in the fan base. You know, if, without that fourteen, that twelve to sixteen team, this fan base may have been so dead to this team. You know, yeah. As it is, as it is, there's a buzz around town about it, but it really isn't trans translating at the turnstiles. You know, I've been remarkably disappointed. In the uh, in the show up of the fans, it's it's because we know when the postseason starts, though everybody will be clamoring and fighting for tickets. But but uh, you know, part of the ride is uh, being there in July and August, and I think the fans have really been. Uh, frankly, just very disappointing. Well, I'll tell you though, the Orioles have one of the top attendance bumps this year of any team in baseball. Their average attendance, yeah. I think, is up more than five thousand a game, which for for this team is is pretty. 
pretty remarkable, I think. I, I agree. I'd like to see more people out there, and I do like the the whole I mean, thing. I was thoroughly like that that crowd they had in the afternoon game against the White Sox. You know, I, you know, it cuts through all the well. The kids are back in school. That was one that should have been just spontaneously sort of thirty. 31,000. I think they had like 17,000. Mm-hmm. And then the series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I know it was midweek, but school hadn't started yet, and they averaged about 22 or 23,000. Yeah. You know, and then they give away a Felix Bautista bobblehead, and 45,000 people packed the place. Yeah. You know, well, t- coming to watch the baseball or collect bobbleheads. Yeah, th- and, that, and that's the thing. You get a lot of people that just come to the games for the for the memorabilia. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Stan, I think you're going to see uh, that four game series in Tampa. I think against Tampa in Baltimore, I think it's going to be heavily attended, especially for. I've already got yeah. my tickets for next Friday. Um, yeah. for the for the Adam Jones game, I'm going to the game on Wednesday against the Cardinals. I also think you're going to see uh, heavily attended games this week because the Orioles have a chance to clinch, to clinch a playoff yeah. a, a playoff spot, and I know people want to be there for that. So I remember yeah. I was I was there in twenty in 2014 when they clinched the division at home against Toronto, and that yeah. that that stadium was absolutely packed. It was one of my favorite moments ever. At a ball at the ballpark, so uh, I think the more attendance is coming. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, Stan, I think Stan, the, the attendance is down across baseball. It has a lot to do with 85-inch uh, Ultra HD TVs sitting in people's living rooms. Um, my buddy has one of those TVs, and it looks like a movie theater screen when you when you see it. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't know the number to compete with you on that, but I thought baseball attendance was up. Up a fair amount percentage. It, it is wise. slightly and up. MLB is MLB has pointed to that because of the new rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so, it, it might be so. up um, from last year to this yeah. year, but it's down over a long. Period but but of time. I think over yeah. a long period of time, it's, it's been well, it's a long been period down. of yeah. time. Yeah, but it but but from the new rules forward, I think it's up higher percentage wise than the Orioles have gone up percentage wise. Yeah. And look, I don't want to get into a whole talk about ownership right now, uh, but certainly they haven't done themselves any favors in in how they've handled a few situations lately. So, yeah. uh, but but I remind people that if you if you look around professional sports at the owners people really love, you're going to be you're going to be hard pressed to find more than natural. You know, all the professional teams out there. If there are five owners that everybody says, that everybody agrees are truly great owners, you know that do the right thing every time, you're going to be hard pressed to do more than one hand on your, you know, one one five fingers, uh, you know, a handful with fingers left over. It, a handful it, of fingers. You're you're, you're going to be hard pressed to get above five mm-hmm. owners of the. Hundred professional teams we have in the United yeah. States. I don't dis- I don't disagree with you there. Now, Stan, before yeah. before uh, before we let you go, what's kind of been buried amongst all this because the Orioles have been so fun for so long this year is that the Ravens season opens tomorrow. Um, Ravens going up against the, the Texans. They are ten point favorites. What are your expectations for this season? And do you think that they can hit the ground running with this new offensive scheme? Well, I, look, they, you know, you're generally. Where a team puts its money is where they think that they need that they can be the strongest, and uh, they finally had to pay the piper and pay the the highest rate going on a quarterback. Um, and their bet is that the defense will be good enough 
and that this offense will be really, really difficult to stop. That's an exciting proposition. Uh, let the games begin. I, I still think this team can win anywhere from 11 to 13 games in the regular season. I think they can, too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see them uh, put on a show tomorrow against the, Tec- the Texans for sure. Uh, Sam, what do you got yeah. coming up this week? We got the guys. Um, got the guys on um, uh, Monday. Uh, Luke and Luke Jackson and Ross Grimsley, and we're working on a guest uh, from, from the University of Maryland for midweek this week. All right, sounds good, Stan. Enjoy the week of awesome Baltimore remind sports. everybody that the Oriole game is what at four ten today. Four ten today. It's four ten. I believe it's. Watch the, and then they can watch the Maryland Charlotte game. Charlotte yeah. coached by uh, Biff Pogey a legendary uh, high school coach here in Baltimore who went on to be uh, John Harbaugh's administrative, Jim Harbaugh's administrative assistant uh, or director of football ops at Michigan. And now he's got his own head coaching gig back in division one college. So it'll be interesting to see how Charlotte is. Yeah, it's going to be an epic week of all Baltimore and Maryland sports in general. Stan, thank you so much. Great segment as always. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Bye. See you. Stan's not wrong. Um, you got the Orioles at four ten today. I believe it's Jack Flaherty going today. Yeah, um, it's Jack Flaherty. Believe so. Um, and he's taking on Chris Sale. Then at seven thirty on NBC, uh, you've got Charlotte going up against the Maryland Terrapins. Maryland's got a good football team. Uh, and then tomorrow you've got Baltimore Ravens football. Yep. And then then you go into next weekend and you've got the Ravens in. Yeah. Cincinnati to take on the Bengals while the Orioles are in Baltimore taking on Tampa Bay with a chance to put a stranglehold on this division, Ted yeah. Nugent style. So, uh, wow. uh, <laughs> name of his best song. No, I know, I know. That song's pure sex. It is. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. By the way, uh, the Bruce promo you sent me is hilarious. Bruce, you know, I, I had tickets tonight. Unfortunately, things didn't go the right way for me, but however... Oh, no, for- for the, you, not for, 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 for forget about the seventy-four-year-old man who's got a peptic ulcer syndrome. Yeah, he'll be fine. It'll be. Fi- it, it's will it's, he? Will he be fine? Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I don't know, man. You ever had he'll a peptic fine. ulcer? No, but I, I googled it. <laughs> the Googs. <laughs> I googled it. It looks like it'll be okay. I will say though, it looks like it'll be okay. It looks like it'll be fine. Uh, Five-dollar tickets to the Maryland game. Apparently, though, if you uh, are you going? Well, no. I see. I'm, I'm not going. I have plans with some friends tonight. That's not going to the Maryland game. However, um. I'm pretty sure I could get in for free being a grad student there, but I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I guess I should start looking into that. I, I think you have to approach about your free student tickets yeah, long before the day of. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Long before the like, day for, of. For example, for Towson. I mean, it is Towson, but I would get in for free. Like, I could just walk up and pull up the app, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, you're a student? Okay. So, I don't know. My my, my mom just uh, sent me a text message. and thanks AJ says that. peptic ulcers are no joke. Totally understand that. I'm not... I, I just think we'll be fine. Like, it, it, it doesn't it seem life-threatening. Oh, I got the ulcer. Like, <laughs> it's not like a canker sore or something in, in your mouth. Like, it's a legit thing. But it... Uh, it you know, I think he's he's going to be okay. Hopefully, he goes back on tour next year. That's the plan. But I had tickets to the Nats Park on September 29th. I had tickets to Camden Yards tonight. So, kind of disappointed a yeah. little bit. But uh, hopefully, he'll be okay. I think it's a win. Um, <laughs> I don't agree. Um, my mom texted, and thanks as always, mom, for watching. She what a mom. She watches. Same, she, my mom she, also watches. She tunes every week. in just about every week if she yeah. can. She just, my mom just got back from Alaska. Yeah, man, they are living the life. They nice. are they are nice. living the life. I think they've been to like Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. 
All right, um, Mike Love. <laughs> my stepdad and my mama going down on yeah. all these trips. You see what nice. I did there? You see what I, I did. did there? I, I saw um, what you did there. Yeah, my, my, they just Quoted got the Beach they, Boys. They just got. Uh, they just got back from Alaska last weekend. Nice. Uh, my mom says women's U.S. Open finals today at 4 p.m. Too. Oh, cool. Love you, mom. I do, and I'm not disparaging women's tennis. But what I will say is I, I think you're going to be in the minority of people that are choosing to watch U.S. Women's Open Tennis at 4 p.m. Yeah. instead of the Orioles today taking on the Red Sox. But if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. I like mine with a little bit of lemon and honey. Um, Stan the Fan, Charles, <laughs> has changed up his format for weekly shows. Now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan called up with Maryland Sports Executive Director Terry Hasseltine to f- discuss the success of the Maryland Cycling Classic. And Terry, if it's Hasseltine, I apologize. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com slash PressBox or find them the next day at PressBoxOnline.com slash video and YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke this and every Monday night when we come back in the payoff pitch around the league. That's next on the Bataround. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visitharford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. Welcome back into the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by... The, look, the Toyota Tacoma, which comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. And now it is time for the payoff pitch around the league. Kyle Bradish notched his fifth consecutive start of six innings pitched and two earned runs or less and his 16th quality start. Ryan O'Hearn and Adley Rutschman homered and Gunnar Henderson collected three hits as the Orioles decimated the Red Sox for their sixth straight win. Corbin Carroll Corbin Carroll had half of Arizona's hits and half of their walks along with three stolen bases. He reached base three times while driving in the lone run as Zach Gallon went the distance striking out nine in the complete game. Three hits shut out as the D-backs blanked the Cubs one to nothing. Nolan Arenado tallied three hits while Wilson Contreras and Lucan Baker drove in three apiece to lead the Cardinals over the Reds 9-4. Yon Mankata, the forgotten soldier, homered and drove in three to back seven shutout innings from Mike Clevenger and a White Sox 5-0 win over Detroit. The Rays homered three times between the seventh and eighth innings to turn a 4-2 deficit in a, into a 7-4 victory over Seattle. Carlos Santana collected three hits and two ribs, and some guy named Willie Adams Homer doubled and drove in three as the Brewers smacked around the Yankees eight to two. He's the, so good. Just the, give him. Hold credit. on, hold on. The loss dropped the Yankees' tragic number down to four. They could win every game the rest of the way and still not make the playoffs, as they would still need help to get in. He is not so good. Yes, he is. He's hit, he's hitting two twelve. He is hitting two twelve. Seems well, uh, like it pause. Seems- Pause in the payoff this pitch. This is out of principle for me at this point. This the, is out of principle. Pause I, in the payoff pitch. If you don't remember last week, you had also Willie Adamas go off on Friday night and you had to talk about him. He only hits on Fridays. <laughs> I love Just that. because I, I have that. to talk to him. Talk about him. He's hitting 212 with a 298 on base percentage. And a, a, 24 home runs and a two war, though. That's, that ain't bad. 
That ain't bad. He's, he's supposed to be the difference maker on their team, and he's uh, put, Christian he's, Yelich is getting paid that way. He, but, but he isn't that guy. He's played 128 games, and his WAR is two. Yeah, his WAR. I'm gonna defend that guy for two. I'm gonna defend him. You know whose WAR is 1.9? Uh, Mountcastle actually. Adam Frazier. Mm. Okay. Adam Frazier has a one. You were you're basically talking about Adam Frazier as I will take the Willie guy Adams any day of Adam. Frazier. It's not Willie Adams. He hasn't earned that respect. Willie he's, Adams. he's Willie Adams. <laughs> he is Willie Adams. Oh. The fact that that's it's like the how, guy. It's like how Drew Forrester calls uh, Griffin Gavin. <laughs> it's um, it is remarkable to me that the Milwaukee Brewers had their season turn around two years ago because of Willie Adams. The guy with a 212 batting average yep. and 298 on base percentage and a 401 slugging, yep. a 701 OPS. And he's the guy who turned their season around, which means the ownership sucks. Go out and spend some freaking money. I mean, when he got there and only played 99 games and he hit 20 home runs with a 366 OBP, like that's pretty good. Okay. That's that, a, yeah, 99 that, games is real good. Yeah, but that's not this year. Yeah. That's that's not almost nine hundred, and yet he's the one guy that when we talk about the Brewers every freaking Saturday that did something because he only hits on Fridays. Yeah, well, just just because the baseball gods are punishing me for some reason. He's I, got I, Renato Nunez esque numbers. That's that's what I'm going to compare it to. I am forced to talk um to talk about Willie Adams. Willie Adams every freaking week. They might as well have Wade Wade Miley start and give up two runs every Friday night. <laughs> I'm about to talk about Wade Miley actually. Yeah. Um, back to it. Jacob Stallings and Jesus Sanchez homered to lead the Marlins over the Phillies 3-2. Trey Turner homered in the loss, his sixth in the last seven games, ninth in the last 15, and 13th in the last 30. There is not a team I care less about than the Miami Marlins. I agree with that. There is not a team. And you can say the Rockies. There's guys on the Rockies I like. There is not a team in baseball that I care less about. They're insignificant. They are insignificant. And, yeah, they have a... they're, They're battling for a playoff spot. They're either gonna, they're either gonna miss or they're gonna get there and win the world. The whole Series. Luis Arias thing was fun for. A yeah, few he's weeks. he's down to three fifty. Yeah, he's three fifty now. He's down yeah. to three, which is great. But when you're up at four hundred at yeah, the All Star yeah. break, you know, uh, Freddie Freeman collected three hits again and doubled again. But this one was number fifty three to set a new Dodgers franchise record. Oh, and J D Martinez homered and drove in three, and the Dodgers took care of business against the Nationals eight to five. Vladdy and Bo Bichette drove in two apiece, and Yusei Kikuchi struck out eight over five innings of one-run ball, and the Blue Jays held off the late Kansas City surge to take down the Royals 5-4. to four. Ronald Acuna Jr. homered in a three-hit game, and Tyler Elder struck out nine and seven innings of two-run balls. The Braves made short work of the Pirates 8-2. to two. You want to talk about somebody that Greg Amzinger is in love with? Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. Oh, that's all he talked about for an hour and a half last night. Was Ronald, every other thing that came out of his mouth was, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the greatest leadoff hitter of all time! I don't think we've ever mentioned Greg Amsinger on the show, and now we've mentioned him twice. Oh, he pissed me off last night, that's why. <laughs> he continues to piss me off yeah. every year and how much he... Da- he I met him at the winter re- meetings. I believe that was him, at least. Uh, uh, was he nine feet tall? If so, that was him. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's Gabe from The Office. <laughs> wow. Um... I love uh, when in the office when Kelly hugs him and she goes, wow, you're a lot bonier than I expected. S. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Ruiz and Shay Langliers homered in an 86-3 win over the fading Rangers. Trent Grisham homered and drove in four. Manny doubled and drove in two. And Blake's now picked up his 13th victory with six solid innings for a Padres 11-2 win over Houston. Carlos Correa homered and doubled. I forgot he existed. Driving in two and Dallas Keuchel allowed two runs and five innings. Forgot he existed for a Twins 5-2 victory over the Mets. Five Guardians batters had two hits, and the Naylor brothers combined for three hits and four ribeyes as Cleveland doubled up the Angels 6-3. to three. And finally, 
Nolan Jones homered, and so did Einer Diaz. But it's the Rockies, so of course a 4-1 sixth inning lead, 7-4 seventh inning lead, and 7-6 eighth inning lead did not hold up. From the sixth inning on, Rockies pitchers allowed nine runs on eight hits, including four home runs, and walked in the go-ahead run, and then the eventual game-winning run as the Giants embarrassed the Rockies again, 9-8. Real, real quick, on Willie Adams. So my college roommate hates baseball, like at, just despises baseball. It's weird to me when people hate baseball. Yeah, well, he, he says it's not a sport. It's not a real sport and that nobody should like it. Tell anyway, him to put, has he ever tried so, to play? No. What no, 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 no. So I, I, I tried to get him out there. I was like, I'll pitch to you and I, let's see how many you can hit. I'm like, I'm not even good. Let, let's just, let's see. And he's like, oh, it's the easiest thing ever. Anyway, point of the story did he is. Did, did he try? No, he never did he, tried. Tell him to shut the hell up. <laughs> tell him to shut the hell I hate him. Who is he? What's his name? I'm not, I'm not putting his name on the show. You're, you're I'll, tell you, I'll tell you off air. I'll tell tell you him air. that your co-host hates him and thinks will, he's the, I, I thinks will, he's the worst that. kind of person. Well, anyway. The, I bet he couldn't hit a 50-mile-an-hour fastball. Probably not, but I'm getting to the point here. So he, I hate him. He hates baseball so much that whenever he sees people on Twitter talking about baseball, he always asks me who the player is, but he always intentionally butchers their name. So, for example, last night he sent me a text. He said, why is my Twitter timeline talking about Ronnie Acloud Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Acloud. That just reminded me of Willie Adamas. And then who else does he? He's had some, like he calls Bryce Harper Bruce Harper, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, it's just, he wishes he was Bruce. <laughs> well, for the dog. Hates, not, by not, the way, hates Bruce Springsteen too. Like I this, like him. I would play. <laughs> I I would like be out in our living room and play Bruce Springsteen, and he'd be like, "Turn this garbage off." Like he'd walk out of his room and just. He hates I'd walk out of my room and be like, "Is somebody taking a dump?" That's wow. how Bruce, Bruce Springsteen sings oh. like he's straining on the toilet. <laughs> he texted me last week and he said, talking about Jason Dominguez, he said, who's this Jason Domino's guy? <laughs> it's funny. Like, it's, it's his hatred is genuinely funny. It's, I don't know. But that's that's who he is. I want to see him try and play baseball. I, I, I do. He's also 6'5". Like, he's huge and really athletic. But I he's also never played baseball in his life. So, so I, I guess he likes basketball and football. He does. He never played football, but he was he played actually with uh, with a current NBA player in high school. So it's pretty cool. I, I, w- I was waiting on a table of teenagers a year and a half, two years ago, and they were a bunch of lacrosse players. <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about, and they had no idea that I'm a baseball guy or anything like that. They were just randomly talking about how baseball is probably the easiest sport to play and the, oh. the, and and like the, hitting is so they think hitting would be so stand easy stand in against 95 and tell me that again like dude dude not stand in against 65 yeah stand yeah, in against true, 65 true. to 70 miles an hour i guarantee i could every single person that's never picked up a bat and said hitting is easy not one of them would touch a baseball <laughs> right, off me not right. one of them and i throw maybe 70 to 73 miles an hour the, yeah. not one of them yeah. would touch a baseball it's and, and try and feel a try and feel a short hop, and then not even you know I again there's that batting cage in Hunt Valley. I've stood in against ninety one hundred, uh, but it's right down the middle. Like they're throwing you legit meatballs at hundred miles an hour right down the middle, and then you, you look at that and you're like, okay, can barely hit that. But then talk about the curveballs and the sliders that Jacob Degrom is throwing at ninety three miles an hour. Like mm-hmm. you guys can't touch any of that. Come on. Baseball's tough. Really tough. Yeah. In fact, that makes me... I think I want to go on Twitter during our next break, mm-hmm. and I think I want to put it out there. <laughs> okay. Open challenge to anybody who thinks that baseball is easy. Line up, and I'll pitch to every single one of you. Okay. And then go in the outfield, and I'll hit you a bunch of fly balls. I want to put I want to put out an open challenge. Tracking fly balls is much harder when you're getting started than people think it's going to be. 
Yeah. Much harder. Yeah. I mean, seeing a ball off a bat and then being able to drop step and get to it at the right position and be able to get under it is tough. It's have tough have you ever watched somebody who's never tracked a fly ball try to track a fly it's ball? Pretty, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I remember I was playing um, in the Susky League uh, way back when, and we only had we only had eight players. So my buddy came up and played. He had never played baseball in his entire life. Mm-hmm. He was an athletic guy, but he never played baseball in his entire life. We put him in right field. Watching him try to track a fly ball, and this guy who played football and he he caught passes, and uh, you know he 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 he's he was an athlete. Mm-hmm. Watching him try to track a fly ball, he'd run in for the ball, stick his glove up, and you know how like the people when they try to catch the ball, they stab at it. Mm-hmm. He stabs yeah. at it, yeah. <laughs> and it lands yeah. twenty feet behind it. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it, it is. It <laughs> is the awesome. most. Ob- He's not my buddy anymore. That's the guy that screwed me over in Towson. Uh, um, mm. But. Um, I just had to throw that in there because if he's listening and he knows who I'm, yeah, yeah we're not friends, man. Um, uh, it is yeah. it is laughable when people say, "Oh, baseball is easy." Yeah, no, baseball is the hardest sport there is. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. the hardest sport there is, and all you have to do is try to play it. Try to play it if you've never played before, and then come back and tell me how easy baseball is. Yeah, jackass. All right. <laughs> What's coming up on tap around baseball today? All right, we got former Oriole Wade Miley. I'm another heated today. Another one of your favorite guys. Wade Miley and Willie Adams Brewers go up against the Yankees at home. Michael King goes for the Yanks. That's 210 at Am Yankee Am I allowed to root Stadium. for I would never root for the Yankees, but can I pull for them against the Brewers since they're, they they don't even control their own I mean, destiny I now? Guess, I guess you can. You can do whatever you want. I mean, no one's no one's judging what you're doing. Nah. Also, I'm going to move this mic over here because i just I got to be closer to my laptop for this one. You want to uh, hear something ridiculous? Sure. Let's hear it. I have... I can't believe I'm about to say this on the air. A Yankees jersey with my name <laughs> on it in my in my closet. That's great. It is tucked in the back corner where nobody can see it because yeah. when I played in the Anne Arundel Baseball League, in the Chesapeake Men's Baseball League in 2020, mm-hmm. our team was the Yankees. And I had to get pinstripe pants, and our team, and he gave us jerseys with our name on them. So I have a, a New York. Does Yankees. it say Valley the Third or just Valley? It says Valley, and mm. it's a number three. Babe Ruth, Paul Valley. Oh, nice, not yet. One K- thing in kindred, common. Kindred souls. One thing in common. <laughs> David Peterson, the lefty from the Mets, goes up against Maeda, the veteran for the Twins. Two ten. That's at Target Field. Merrill Kelly goes for the D-backs. Justin Teal goes for the Cubs. That's two twenty at Wrigley. James MacArthur, Kevin Gosman, Royals and Jays, three oh seven at the Rogers Center. Bobby Miller goes for the Dodgers. He's having a really good year. If you didn't know, Jake Irvin goes for the Nats. That's four oh five at Nats Park. Dodgers and Nats. Trent Thornton, Aaron. Savale, Mariners, and Rays, 4 of 5 at the Trop. Orioles, they'll start Jack Flaherty. Chris Sale goes for the Sox. That's 4-10 at Fenway. Orioles look to pick up their second win in Boston. Johnny Cueto, Aaron Nola, Marlins and Phillies, NL East matchup, 6-0-5 at the Bank. White Sox and Tigers, Jose Arrania, Tariq Skubal, that's 6-10 in Comerica. Cardinals, Zach Thompson goes for them. The lefty, Carson Spears, goes for the Reds. The righty, 640, that's in Cincinnati. Angels start our favorite, excuse me, the Athletics start our favorite pitcher in To Be Determined. Avaldi goes for the Rangers. That's 705 at Globe Life Field. Seth Lugo goes for the Padres. For the Astros, Christian Javier, that's 710 at Minute Maid Park. Final three games of the night, 720 from the Pirates and the Braves. Johan Oviedo and Dylan Dodd will go head-to-head. Chase Anderson, Logan Webb, Rockies and Giants, 905 at Oracle in San Fran. And finally, Lucas Giolito makes another start for the guards as Tyler Anderson goes for the Angels. That's 907 in Anaheim. Is that what the kids call the Cleveland's team these days? The guards? The guards. Do you still work for yeah. them? I do, um, but I don't 
you know, with, with new internship opportunities, I don't know what my schedule is going to be like. So we'll just have to figure it out. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, very, very good there, uh, young Zachary Allen. Orioles Orioles banter is called Since Felix today. It is brought to you by the latest edition of Press Box, which is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively, and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Uh, Remember, PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Orioles banter, look, man, the sky was falling two weeks ago, right? It was... The Orioles are just taking it to the the Rockies. Not taking it to them. They were up 5-4, to but... You have the best closer in baseball against one of the worst teams in baseball. You know you're winning that ball game. And then with two strikes and two outs, Bautista walk, uh, grimaces and has to come off the field with um, with uh, with team medical staff. Yeah, You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Season's over. It's over. The Orioles can't win without him. It's a team game. It's a team game. No doubt. Orioles have won 9 of 12, which is their second... Tied for the, uh, they have two or three different ten and two stretches over twelve game span, and then this is like one of two or three nine and three uh, stretches over twelve game span. Yeah, this year, uh, nine of twelve for you math whizzes. That's seven fifty ball mm-hmm. since Felix Bautista went down. Now it helps that you've played that you've played the Rockies, the White Sox, the Angels, the A's. Was it the A's? No, it wasn't the A's. The Angels. Um, the uh, the Diamondbacks are pretty good. Yeah, um, well, they, and, they, and the they Red were. Sox are good. Yeah, the, the the Red Sox and Diamondbacks were good. Full, uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks I expected to really make a push, but then the Dodgers just kind of dominated as yeah. usual. Yeah, well, I mean the, the Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Orioles are tied for the best record in baseball since the All Star break at thirty five and sixteen. Yeah, yeah. The Orioles bullpen ERA since Bautista went down is three twelve. D.L. Hall, 245 ERA since being recalled. Danny Coulomb, five scoreless outings since returning from the I.L. Uh, Yenier Cano, one in 15 games. He's got a .643 whip, a .64 ERA, eight hits, one walk, one earned run in 14 innings pitched since the start of August. C.N.L. Perez, 22 appearances since his return from the I.L. July 18th, a 156 ERA and a .981 whip. That dude... It, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. It is night and day. Yeah, it is. Uh, Legitimately night and day. Jacob Webb, a 193 ERA in 16 appearances with the Orioles. His season ERA is down to like 330. Fantastic move by the Angels. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then Jorge Lopez. Look, he gave up two runs the other day, but in three outings, two and two-thirds innings pitch, no walks, five strikeouts. For comparison, in his 12 games with Miami prior to this, nine walks, eight Ks. <clears throat> In 12 games, nine walks, eight Ks, no walks, five Ks, and two and two thirds innings. And he was filthy last night. Yeah. He was filthy. So his FIP for uh, the season so far as a total has been 547. But this is true, and I just looked this up because I heard someone say it and I wanted to check on it. His FIP for the Orioles so far is negative 0.49. Negative. I didn't even know that was 
possible, to be yeah. honest with you. So, he, um, negative 0.49. There is something to be said, and it just proves how, how much the mental aspect plays a role mm-hmm. in all of sports. Yep. There's something to be said for being somewhere that you're happy. I was going to say, and being in the right place at the right time is just yeah. huge in sports. Like I, I think it's, it's critical to most people's successes. It really you, is. You get to come back to a team where you had your most success ever. Yep. A team that took you under their umbrella, mm-hmm. was there for you with all the stuff your son's been going through. You made your lone all-star appearance with this team. I mean, he had to take time off this year for mental health reasons. Now you put him in a situation where he's comfortable. He he knows and loves the people around him. Yep. He he loves the organization. He's happy as a clam right now. Mm-hmm. He is happy as a clam being in Baltimore. No and to me, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Now, look, he can't be on the postseason roster. I'm sure he cares about that, but do you think he, he, he cares to the point where he loses sleep over it? No, because he gets to help the team he loves make a playoff push. And then he's under team control for next year. Right. You know, so yeah. if he continues to pitch well, he's got a job here next year. For for Jorge Lopez, there couldn't have been a better possible awesome. situation awesome. for him. It, it, it really is. It yeah. really is. Um, and I, I, I fully think that he is going to pitch well down the stretch for the And Warriors. you know what's really exciting is just to have a fresh arm, especially when we we talked about it in depth at the at the deadline that, hey, they probably need like another two or three guys. Mm-hmm. Jorge Lopez has pitched a lot, but he hasn't pitched as much as some of the other guys in this bullpen. And I think that's critical to what the Orioles can do because they need fresh arms. It's simple as that. And he's been pretty good so far. Like the ERA wouldn't show up at the FIP is negative 0.49, which tells us that he's gotten really unlucky. Uh, and that's great news. Uh, uh, and he's he's pitched three times and he's had two scoreless outings so yeah, it's not no, no, it's no, not I, like this is a small sample size and it's not like he was out he's gone out there and given up like right uh, like a, a, a 70 mile an hour infield hit that that, that drove in a sure. run and then the ball got by somebody and another guy scored bad choice of words but um but he's pitching he, he he's the five strikeouts of, out of his seven outs and no walks is noticeable mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. and, and again last night was as filthy as he's ever looked I mean, he got two strikeouts, and the other out, he completely sawed the dude off on a, on a weak grounder to first yeah, base. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Um, and then you, you look at this bullpen, 3.12 ERA since Bautista went down. The team ERA is 3.53 mm-hmm. since Bautista went down. Now, again, the Orioles have, they won 18 games, they won 19 games uh, between March and April. They won 18 games in July. They won 18 games in August. They're 6-1 and one in September. And... This is a team that, Zach, they are playing their best baseball right now. Yeah, I this is that. This is the best baseball that the Orioles have played all year. You look at them offensively, right? Offensively, during their six-game winning streak. Where is it? I had it in my notes. Offensively, during their six-game winning streak. Um, why can I not find this? Did I, did I somehow accidentally erase it? Anyway, they're hitting 319. They've scored 47 runs. And they have... Um, sorry, dead air. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, here it is. Uh, they're batting 319. They've scored 47 runs. And they're pitching to a 327 ERA uh, during the six-game uh, uh, six winning streak. They went through, like I said, the stand. Through the dog days of summer. Down to the last month of the season, they're playing the best baseball that they've played all year, doing what they're supposed to do against teams that are less than uh, with them. Uh, it has been remarkable. And then you look at, they might be the freshest team out of all the teams going right now because 
They were able to get Jacob Webb. Right. They've got Jorge Lopez. Right. They they've got DL Hall who barely pitched this year. They've got John Means coming back. This team is all the all the things are falling into place Absolutely. at the exact perfect Absolutely. time. Yeah. The exact perfect time. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I and again, you really make a great point, and, and I just want to build on what I said earlier. Jacob Webb is a great example of it, too. He hasn't pitched that much, and the fact that he can be on the postseason roster, and then he's pitched, what, to a one nine three ERA, you said it yeah. was? I mean, it's... it's I, I don't even know how we can, you know, overemphasize how important that is for the Orioles. Mm-hmm. There's other teams that are going to be so spent, and look, I, I don't know what the Dodgers, the Braves, all these teams that are, you know, they could possibly face in a World Series if, if that does happen, have done. I mean, I haven't I haven't looked at that under a microscope. However, what I can tell you is that it's really good for the Orioles, and that it's going to keep them fresh, and I think that's just really important. Ryan Malcastle, by the way, I want to quickly ask you this, because he didn't have a great night last night, and it's coming off a stretch of really good baseball. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a, a coming slide for him? Because I saw a lot of people thinking that. I don't. I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. I have thought that a sli- there's been. I've seen Mount Castle have games where he went, you know, 0 for three with a walk and two strikeouts, and yeah. I thought here comes the slide. And then the next right. game he gets two hits and drives in three. Right? No, I don't think a slide's coming. I think he he has Good. a lot of confidence. I think it was just one. If you recall, uh, go back to opening day. You go back to opening. Adley Rutschman goes five for five, right? The Orioles win that game ten to nine. Everybody hit. Austin Hayes went zero for five. Yeah. I, th- I think he grounded yeah. into two double plays. I think he struck out a couple of times. He went zero for five. And then the next day, Hayes goes five for five with a home run. Yeah. No, I, I remember. I even said about Austin Hayes it was like, could this be the start of something bad? It. it it's hard to have a show every week and not overreact to the little things that happened during that previous yeah. week. But then again, you have to put it in the broader perspective and say, okay, Ryan Malcastle has played really good baseball over the past two months. Yeah. Or not two months, but really one month. And then uh, look at um, uh, look at Mountcastle's numbers versus Chris Sale. Look at everybody's numbers versus Chris Sale. I think Mountcastle is going to have a big, a big, is going to play a big role in today's game mm-hmm. against against the Red Sox. Yeah. The, the, he pounds lefties. I believe he pounds Chris Sale. The I think entire he did a home team, runoff Chris Sale this the, year. I know he did. He did so, yeah. so did Austin Hayes. Um I think they I went, think Rutschman did too. Um Rutschman hit one over the monster if I if I if I remember correctly. I don't know if it was against uh, no because that, it, maybe he did. I don't know. But the Orioles have, the Orioles have torched Chris Sale all year uh, knock on wood and they if you remember in May in Baltimore Chris Sale had the only injury free start of his entire career yeah. with no strikeouts against sure. the Orioles. So um yeah it's I think Mountcastle is going to bounce back in a big way. I just today. want to read AJ's comment real quick. It goes back to something we were talking about earlier. He said breaking 90 and I assume he's talking about breaking 90 in golf mm-hmm. is really hard but scoring up on a 65 mile an hour fastball is way harder. And that's yeah. absolutely true. Like it it's is. absolutely true. And not even squaring it up. Like I, I'm just not a very good hitter. I've never have been whenever I played baseball growing up. Like I, I just wasn't very good. And what I can tell you is that I never had any sort of exit velocity. And that's not going to get you very far. You, mm-hmm. it, it's not only about squaring a ball up. You can square it up. But you might only hit it at you know, 85 miles per hour. That's not going to get you very far. Yeah. So it's it, baseball is an incredible amount of timing, strength, uh, precision. There's so many things going into hitting a baseball. So it's really hard. If you think. That baseball's easy, you're an ass. <laughs> well, you're just you're just uh, what's the you're word ignorant. for it? You're ignorant. That's you're the ignorant. word for it. Yeah. You're absolutely ignorant. Yeah. We gotta get a break. 
We got to get a break. We, we were supposed to have Connor come on four minutes ago, so we got to get a break. Have you? Were you texting with him at all? No, I just looked up his number. I was just finding it. Okay, so. I'll, I'll shoot him a text here okay. in just a second. Uh, but we got to get a, get a break when we come back in from the Locked On Orioles podcast. Connor Newcomb, he joins the show. That's next on the Bat Around. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Light Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland opens. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome back in to the bat around. Rolling right along here on today's program. Uh, <laughs> program. I always think it's funny when people say program instead <laughs> like of program. Will, Willie Adams. Or, 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 or instead of saying harassment, harassing. Ronnie Cloud Jr. <laughs> Ronnie, or um, or um, what's the other one? Uh, instead of mature, mature. He's so immature. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, it's it's wow. pe- people who think their S doesn't stink say mature instead of mature. <laughs> Any who's a what's it. Uh, the place to be after this in every Ravens game this season is Press Box's Project Game Day. Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and watch Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL chick on twitter for a zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show so join glenn and rita tomorrow after ravens texans project game day is brought to you by super Bork, super book sports and help my gambling problem.org joining us now on the program uh from the locked on orioles podcast he is connor newcomb connor good morning man how are you I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing well. I want to apologize that we are calling you almost 10 minutes late today. Um, kind of went off the rails to start the show, and then I went off on a tangent about Willie Adamas. I cannot stand Willie Adamas, and I, I every time we have more than a few blips about him in our conversation, I go absolutely nuts, and like I see red. So my sincerest apologies to you for calling a little bit late today. Well, my follow-up question would be: That's kind of a random player to have things go off again. That's what against. I think. I feel like yeah. that might get you into another tangent. Might might get you into another tangent. It it, it genuinely upsets me because he's batting two twelve with a two ninety eight OPS. He's not. I mean, uh, uh, OBP. Uh, he he's not a great player, and yet he's the difference maker on that damn Brewers team, which just pisses me off about their ownership. Because how is Willie Adamas the guy that puts you all over the top? How do you let that happen? Anyway, it like more of a brewer's ownership problem. Yeah, but then Willie Adonis becomes the, the face of the problem for me. Really, when you, <laughs> it, 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 it's like when you go into a restaurant and your server brings you your your food and it's cold, and you want to be, you know, you should be pissed off at the cooks or the kitchen expo for for letting it get cold in the window, but you're pissed off at the, but it's reflected in your tip for the server. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's like that. Yeah. He he's the server that brought me my cold food. That's that's who he is. <laughs> Anyway, oh, poor Willie Adams <laughs> or Adams, I should say. Anyway, Connor, if if you want to, you know, back out of this segment, there's still time, man. I'm I'm <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Um, so what we're gonna do here, Connor, uh, before we ask you a few questions about the Orioles, is Zach has a segment every week, and it's called Sounding Off with Zach Goodman. But once a month, it's usually the first show of the month, sometimes the second. Um, we will do our top five power rankings in baseball. Uh, you and I spoke a little bit earlier this week about it. You said you were all for that. So we're going to let you kick things off. Who is your number five ranked team in baseball right now? Yeah, this is not the team with the fifth best record. Um, but after knowing what they did last year and seeing that team put together, I'll put the Phillies fifth. I mean, the offense is coming together. They have enough starting pitching in the postseason. I, I like the Phillies. I think a run that they could make this year, people would see coming more than they saw last year. But I like the Phillies. All right. Wow, that's a really bold take. I didn't expect that. I have the Rays at number five, and I struggle with this one because I still don't know if the Rays, with all their injuries, I I know they have oodles and oodles of depth. I don't know if they have enough to win a World Series. And I, I, I really want to put the five teams in that I think have the best chance to do that. And I don't know if the Rays do. 
but they have experience in the playoffs. A lot of guys that are, are veterans there. But, you know, they've played good ball lately, and I can't discount what they've done. Um, you know, they, they, they like I said, they have just ridiculous amount of depth across the board. Zach Eflin has pitched unbelievably, which I just, no one could have seen that coming. Tyler Glass now has been really good lately. Yeah, I, I have to put the Rays at number five. See, for me, I go back and forth, right? Because I like the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And... Bryce Harper hit, what, 12 home runs in August? Yeah. Uh, Trey Turner has 13 home runs over his last 30 games. Kyle Schwarber continues to just drop bombs or strike out. Um, it's The Phillies are playing good baseball right yeah. now, but they've been wildly inconsistent. You'll, you'll see them just look like the best team on the field, and then they'll lose a game to the, yep. to, I, I don't know, like the, the A's. <laughs> yeah, they'll lose a game to the A's, like 8-3, to three, and you're like, what the hell happened? Right, but for me, it's got to be the Rays because they just they won't go away. Yep. They lost four legitimate starting pitchers for the season this year. They lost their best player, and they still keep winning. The Orioles, the Orioles, for everything that's happened to the Rays this year, the Orioles should have been able to already put this division away, and they're going to need to do work in this series to to in this series coming up next weekend to to put them away. For me, the Rays are the number five team. Connor, who you got at number four? Yeah, I'll go Dodgers. Um, I feel like they would have been as high as two uh, maybe a week ago. And then um, they no longer have starting pitching. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was throwing 88 in his last start. That's mm. the lowest velocity ever for Clayton Kershaw. That is concerning. Um, we know what's going on with Julio Arias. I don't think he ever throws a pitch again in the major leagues, yeah, let alone what else true. Um, should be coming for him. Um, otherwise, they are relying on... I mean, Tony Gonsolin's getting Tommy John. They just announced that Walker Bueller's not going to come back from his Tommy John this year. They're relying on uh, essentially Lance Lynn, who gives up the most homers in baseball, and a bunch of rookies. So their offense scares me maybe more than anyone's besides the Braves, but they can't go any higher than four with that starting staff. Zach, fair enough. I have the Astros, um, and, and they would be higher for me, and I really debated moving them up. And they've kind of been up and down throughout my power rankings this year. But I, I think the Astros... Given the experience, and you know, Stan said it well, they don't have the scary lineup like they used to. It's not the the, the one to nine of just absolute superstars across the board. It's not that anymore. But what it is is a lot of really really good players still. Jordan Alvarez is still a star. Jose Abreu has turned it around and actually put together a decent season. Uh, Alex Bregman still Alex Bregman. Kyle Tucker still Kyle Tucker. The pitching is. Pretty immaculate. I mean, Framber Valdez, 3-3 ERA so far. J.P. France has been really good. Christian Javier has been not bad. They just have really good players everywhere. And to think that there's not even as many superstars as there used to be is incredible. They've won 80 games. They're in a really prime position to make a run. And again, with the experience they have, I think they're really scary. And the, and, and the Dodgers are on my list as well. And I think they're they're kind of in that same boat where it's not so much of a superstar team anymore, but they have that experience. That's why the Astros are number four for me. The Astros are, are number four for me also. And it's for everything you just said. I go back to the 2020 Astros mm-hmm. who made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth at 29 and 31. And then they went to game seven of the ALCS. They have that pedigree, and it's yep. been a back-and-forth battle for a couple of weeks now between them and Seattle. Uh, Texas is kind of, has really, not kind of, they've really faded out there in the AL West. But at the end of the day, you get the Astros into the postseason, and all bets are off because they know what it takes to win in October. So for me, if the Astros are there, they're as scary as any team. Uh, I like what you said, Connor, about the Dodgers. Um, uh, their, their pitching staff has just been absolutely decimated. That offense is just so good. 
it's a, a Freddie Freeman is on another planet. Oh my god! This yeah. year, I, I, I've never. If Ronald Acuna didn't exist, I would say I've never seen a season like this from somebody. He, Freddie Freeman has just been otherworldly. For me, my number four team has to be the Astros because of that pedigree. All right, number three for you, Connor. Yeah, that'll be the Astros for me. Um, I just think in terms of how teams are trending, nobody scored more runs than the Astros over the past two weeks. And with the Dodgers losing all their pitching, that just puts Houston above L.A. for me. Um, I don't think in the American League a middle-of-the-order scares me more than having to face Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker back-to-back. And that might just be Orioles-specific because of what they've done to the O's, specifically Kyle Tucker, but that scares me more than anything. Like, just thinking about a playoff series and having Danny Coulomb or CNL Perez in there coming in to face those guys in the eighth inning just puts chills down my spine in a bad way. Um, And the pitching has been not as good as usual, but still pretty good in that bullpen. They've put together, you know, another good group. Um, and, and you got to remember, like, in terms of teams that have been there, they've been there, they've done it, nothing's going to phase them. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's fair. I mean, I think that we all probably have the same teams um, on on our list, just in different order, except maybe the Phillies. But, Zach, who you got at number yeah, three? Yeah, I didn't have the Phillies, but I have the Orioles at number three. I, I look at the team and I say everything's gone just about as well as you can expect it to. They're playing their best ball, and we've talked about it all show. I don't want to go into all the players. We know about all that. What I will say is that they lack the playoff experience across the board that the Dodgers, the Braves, all these other teams that are in my top five don't. And that's what really scares me the most. And that's why they're not going to be in my top two. But the Orioles are arguably, I mean, they, some could even say they're they're uh, you know better than, than some of the other teams like that I have in my top two. But I, I think that the lack of experience really puts them at a disadvantage. And, you know, it hasn't shown yet, and it might not show in the playoffs at all. But that's just my my educated guess. So that's where I'm going to go at number three. Number three for me is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. I mean, you can't ignore how good their offense is. You can't ignore the fact that they have the best record in baseball tied with the Orioles at 35-16 and 16 since the All-Star break. And, look, we counted them out at the beginning of the year. Uh, and I'm... Kind of like with the Orioles, man. I'm done counting the, the the Dodgers out. They've they've been there, done that. And it's if we're giving the Astros credit for their playoff pedigree, we have to give the the Dodgers the same credit. They have been as consistent a team for the better part of two decades now as there is in baseball. The Dodgers, until they're out, they they're there for me. They're my number three team. Connor, who you got at number two? Yeah, the O's are number two. Can't quite take it to number one. Uh, Fifteen and five in their last twenty games. It's the best record in baseball in the last twenty. Um, six wins in a row. I mean, they had every right to lose last night's game with the circumstances. You won six in a row. You're coming off, you know, a weird West Coast trip. You have this awful travel schedule on Thursday, and you got a Red Sox team that's fighting for its life in the playoffs, and they just come out and bludgeon them to death last night. I mean, it's so impressive what they're doing. Can't put them at number one because I know the team we all have at number one has just been unbelievable. But I'll put them at number two. All right. I have, unsurprisingly, the Dodgers. And they're only here. I mean, they have, they have 86 wins. There's a lot of reasons they're here. But the reason they are my top two is what the Orioles lack. It's that they have playoff experience. And, yes, Connor is completely right about their lack of starting pitching. They've lost guys possibly for their career in, in Arias. However, I think that they have a pedigree. Clayton Kershaw, regardless of the velocity, is going to pitch well in the playoffs because he's Clayton Kershaw. And there's guys on here like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, who are just legitimate superstars. And, you know, they may not have the, again, like just like the Astros, the one to nine superstars they did a few years ago, but they're every bit as good as they always have been. And they're the Dodgers. They're going to be competitive. They're going to play well. And they're going to get hot in October, which they always do. So the Dodgers aren't number two for me. 
Connor, you were mistaken. I have the Braves at number two, and I'll wow. tell you, and I'll and I'll tell you why. You look go you go back and you look at the Braves' losses uh, over the last two months, and they're losing to teams that they have no business losing to. They they're they're losing games to Pittsburgh, losing games to the Mets, losing games to the Giants, to the to the Cardinals. Uh, they they lost uh, they lost three game they lost two games in a row to the Cardinals, giving up ten runs one game, eleven runs the next. It's a microcosm, right? It, it, it's uh, okay, but they have the most wins in baseball. They are the best team in baseball. And look, once they get to the postseason, I'm not doubting that they're going to represent the National League in the World Series. But they played down to their competition. And uh, I'll explain more of that when we get to the number one team for me. But I'll let you go with your number one for right now, Connor. Yeah, it's the Braves. Now, I have a couple of questions about their bullpen. Um, and I have a couple of questions about the starting rotation, just the health of it, although Max Freed has come back and, and been incredible. Um, but that lineup is the scariest lineup I think I've ever seen. Um, in my life watching baseball, I don't think I've seen a scarier lineup, at least from a power perspective and a production perspective. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player in baseball right now. He's leading off every single game, first ever 30-60 season. Matt Olson's been incredible. I mean, you guys, you, you got guys like Arcia who they thought was just going to be like a role player and is starting at shortstop in the All-Star game because he's been that good. They bring in, you know, Nicky Lopez on a nothing trade from the Royals, and he they turn him into a nice bench piece for him. I mean, they are doing everything they possibly can. One through nine in that order is just ridiculous. Um, it is scary, and I think they can just hit teams and hit teams and hit teams and just score too many runs for anybody else um, to, to be number one. This is an Orioles show. But I am very confident the Braves are winning the World Series. I'm very confident in that. And I, I hate to say that, but it just, look at it. Look at the lineup. There's no weakness. Like, there, there's legitimately no weakness. Their backup catcher has 11 home runs and, you know, a 740 OPS. That's how good this team yeah. is. There's just unbelievable depth and incredible, incredible power across this lineup. You have multiple guys with over 30 home runs. You have a guy over at, already at 47 home runs in Matt Olson. I mean, it, it just, there is no weakness. There's no OPS plus below 100 in that lineup. There's guys on the bench that have OPS pluses close to 100. There's just so many good players. And I, it's hard to say that they're not experienced. It's hard to say that they're not powerful. It's hard to say they don't make contact. There's nothing you can really bring against this team. They haven't had a boatload of injuries. The pitching's been I mean, look at the starting rotation. There's not a guy with an, an over four ERA until he gets to the fifth starter, Jared Schuster. And right now, he's not even in the major leagues. That's the guy who's pitched the most amount of games for them so far, but he's not in the major leagues right now. And you have to look at this and just say, this is unbelievable talent. This is unbelievable dynasty-level baseball they've been playing. And yeah, they've lost some games to some decently good te- uh, bad teams. But then again, the Orioles have too. They, they lost uh, you know, a couple games to the Rockies not that long ago. And there's some things that the Orioles haven't done perfectly. It's To me, it's a blip. And the, the Braves are going to win the World Series. I'm pretty confident in that. For me, it's the Orioles. And obviously, because the Braves were at number two, it's the Orioles. And I talked about the Braves playing down to their competition. I also talked earlier in the show, Zach, about how I'm done. Not that I've ever counted out the Orioles, but I'm done doubting the Orioles. Fair enough. I'm, I'm done doubting them. 44 comeback victories this year. They, you talked about the gauntlet that they were going to face in May. They went 16-12 and 12 in May. Talked about the, the, All-Star, the, the schedule coming out of the All-Star break. The Orioles 
have the best record in baseball since the All-Star break at 35-16. and 16. The sky is falling. The Orioles can't win without Felix Bautista. They've won 9 of 12 and pitched to a better bullpen ERA since he left than they had before while he was here. The team ERA since he's gone is 3.53. 9 of 12. 9 of 12 since losing the one guy they couldn't afford to lose. Six straight wins. And yes, they're facing lesser competition, but like I said, the Braves have been losing to Pittsburgh and the Cubs and, uh, and the St. Louis Cardinals. The Orioles are taking those teams and putting them away. They've won. They're they're on the cusp of winning seven straight seven straight series. This team has stared adversity in the face all year long, and they've spat in the face of adversity. And it's because they're too young to know any better. You can't tell them they they don't know that they're not supposed to be doing this. And they're really good. They're really deep. The bullpen is. Fantastic. They've got two frontline starters in Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez. And then, oh, by the way, Dean Kramer is as good a number three as there is in baseball right now. I have all the confidence in the world in this team. I think that they're going to make a deep run into the playoffs. And you, you can't convince me that there's a team out there that the Orioles can't handle. Again, remember, they were two pitches away in May uh, from from sweeping the Atlanta Braves. I know they lost two or three, but they were an eighth-inning home run with two outs and a wild pitch in extra innings away from sweeping that series. For me, the Baltimore Orioles are firing on all cylinders at this moment. They're the best team in baseball. Thoughts, Connor? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, they, they've played – like they had a chance to beat that Braves team. Now, that was back in May. It's been a while since that series. Yes. And, you know, they, they, they have a chance at the Astros later this month, which will be interesting to see in, in Houston. And they've been playing the best baseball over the last month or so. So, you know, I can't super argue that. Yeah, no, it's it, – my, my argument's awesome, Connor. So, you know, I'm just – I just got to put it – no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, this is always a fun segment. And, you know, it's the Orioles have been a top four – they've been in my power ranking since we started doing this. I think this is the second time I've had them first, and it's because they just they, they keep winning when they're not supposed to. And it's it's just been awesome to see. It's fun for Orioles fans, and it's just one of those things where, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm done doubting them. This, is, this team's for real, and I, I have all the confidence in the world in them. All right, Connor, thank you for helping us out with our top five power rankings. Let's move on to a couple of uh, Orioles questions for you. Uh, and the first thing that I want to talk to you about, Connor, is your confidence in Kyle Gibson. Uh, and look, Kyle Gibson has had a lot of great moments for the Orioles this year. He, I believe he's a Roberto Clemente uh, nominee this season. He has he has been kind of what you expected him to be until the second half of the season. Now, he went out the other night, put up a quality start, got the Orioles a win to help them sweep the Angels, went six innings of three-run ball. But he's let a lot. He's left a lot to be desired, Connor. What is your confidence level in Kyle Gibson that makes you think that he should be part of the Orioles' rotation in October? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of this stems from the comments that I made while he was getting blown up by the White Sox last mm-hmm. week um, that he should be a postseason starter. I mean, going into the playoffs, you need four starting pitchers, right? Sure. You don't need the full five, but it is really difficult to get through a postseason with three starters. Like generally, especially if you're planning on going to the ALCS. And the World Series, you're going to need a fourth starting pitcher to use a couple of times. And, you know, I don't know how much of this is full confidence in Kyle Gibson versus a lot of this, and this is what I've tried to talk about on my podcast, is I think it was a pretty lukewarm take to say Kyle Gibson is the Orioles' fourth best starter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I've ever taken more heat for anything <laughs> I've said about the Orioles in my three and a half years hosting this podcast than that, um, which was odd, but it is what it is. 
Um, you know, I just feel like if you compare him to Cole Irvin, who, yeah, has looked better lately, but we know what happened. Really, the only time the Orioles gave him a solid spot in the rotation, that was to start the year. He was horrendous. There's a reason why the Orioles are bumping him back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen. It's because they don't clearly trust him in the rotation. They think he might be better in the pen. Mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty has been Jack Flaherty. Um, I really have no confidence in him, to be quite honest right now. Sure. Um, we haven't seen him. I mean, that first start was great. Like, Don't get me wrong. That first start in Toronto was great. Since then, it's been a lot of weird off-the-field stuff and not great results on the field. So I'm not really putting a lot of trust in him. And then the last possible choice for number four starter is John Means. And, of course, a healthy John Means is better than Kyle Gibson. But I'm not going to say that until I, I haven't even seen John Means throw a pitch in a big league game since April of 2022. Yeah. So I can't bring myself to say, yeah, you know, with three, he comes back with three weeks left in the regular season. I am fully confident he'll be better than Kyle Gibson. You just don't know. And he could struggle, and then he could get a whole offseason and come back in 24 and be good. You just don't know coming off the Tommy John surgery. So I think that was the whole point. You add that to the fact that the good Kyle Gibson has been almost as good as most of the Orioles starters this year. I mean, you know, eight innings against the Blue Jays, multiple starts with more than 10 strikeouts. He's, he's eaten innings this year. I mean, you, know, you look at what he's done this season. He has given the Orioles a chance to win. Most times he's been out there. 29 starts, he's thrown about 170 innings already this year. Like, he's on pace to get close to 200. Nobody's done that in Oro uniform in a long, long time. So he's been important for the regular season. He would certainly have a short leash if he starts in a postseason game. Don't get me wrong. But I just look at the other options and I say it's unfortunate that the Orioles have ended up without a better option. But I feel like the best argument is for Kyle Gibson if he needed a fourth starter. Yeah, and look, he's got 14 wins. Stan said he he's he's probably going to win 16, 17 games for the Orioles if he doesn't fall off a cliff, um, or if, if he doesn't climb back up to the top of the cliff just to fall off again. We'll put it that way. Um, and, and look, if the Orioles are playing in a postseason series against Toronto or against Tampa Bay. Kyle Gibson's in that rotation. Unless John Means comes out and has four or five starts for Baltimore down the stretch and pitches to a one-and-a-half ERA or two-and-a-half ERA, Kyle Gibson's probably in a, in, in a, got a rotation spot in a series against Toronto or Tampa Bay. Now, if they're facing the Astros, maybe he's in the bullpen. I, I think I agree with you. I think that we have knee-jerk reactions when we see somebody getting lit up or somebody really struggling at the plate. Oh, this guy needs to not be on the team. Lord knows I've been that way uh, with Ruth Nettodor last year and Kyle and uh, Adam Frazier to a certain extent this year. Um, but I, when you look at it logistically, you're not wrong, Connor. After, you know, we all know it's Bradish, Grayson, and Dean Kramer, your top three starters. After that, unless John Means comes in and sets the world on fire, it is Kyle Gibson. It's hard to argue against it. Um, and then next year, it'll be somebody else because I have to imagine that they're going to bring somebody in better than, better than Kyle Gibson uh, for next year. So th- there's not really an argument there. It's just how bad he's been since the All-Star break. Like you said, it's unfortunate that's the situation that the Orioles rotation is in, that it's the top, those top three guys and then wh- everybody else, right? Um, yeah. So, and Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, I-, I talked about this on my podcast, too. Like, if you just look at the AL playoff teams, the six other teams besides the Orioles, not counting Boston, but everybody who's currently in the postseason and then the Rangers, Gibson's made nine starts against them with a 4-2 ERA. So, you know, not amazing, but better than he's done. Mm-hmm. If you take out the two starts against Seattle when he was just got lit up by Seattle, if, if they play the Mariners in a postseason series, I'm not starting Kyle Gibson. They have his number. If you take out the two Seattle starts, it's 
seven starts against the AL playoff teams and a 2-3 ERA wow. Kyle Gibson this season. So, like, he has done it against the teams they're going to face in the postseason. So I've said, you know, if it's Texas, if it's Toronto, you know, if it's Tampa Bay, I'd feel fine throwing him out there. Yeah, and and the other thing is, once you get to the playoffs, all bets are off. You get into a postseason series, you see guys uh, with some epic performances. I mean, I remember Joe Saunders winning winning a playoff, winning a wild card game against Texas, who had been the back to back World Series um, the the previous two years, and he goes out there and shuts them down for five innings. And not to mention the fact that when you're in the playoffs, Brandon Hyde is likely not. It's going to be a short leash for everybody. The second that his starting pitcher starts to get into trouble, he's getting that bullpen up and, up and warming up uh, because he doesn't want the game to get out of hand. So it's going to be a case by case scenario for the Orioles, depending on who they're playing. But I think Kyle Gibson is a part of this Orioles um, playoff roster. Now the Orioles have to get to the playoffs first. We're pretty much certain that they're going to be there, Connor. Their magic number is down to seven to clinch a playoff spot and eighteen to clinch the AL East. Um, a lot of back and forth about like how this scenario plays out because it doesn't look like seven to the naked eye when you're just looking at the standings. Um, but it's basically Orioles magic number is seven because those other four teams that are at the top of the wild card standings, they play each other a lot. You've got Seattle and Tampa play, Bay playing a four-game series right now. Texas and Toronto open a four-game series on Monday. Seattle and Texas play seven times in ten days to end the year. Tampa Bay and Toronto play six times in eight games to end the year, plus Baltimore and Tampa four times next week. And if the Orioles win one game, it's essentially a two-game um, bump for them in the division. A lot of instances, Connor, coming up where if the Orioles win, they're, they widen their gap over a contender. What are your thoughts on the Orioles' magic number? Have you gotten it better figured out than I have? Because I feel like that was just a lot of word vomit right there. Yeah, I mean, the, the playoff thing I almost am not really thinking about, right? Like, I, I, I saw your tweets from either last night or, or earlier today, and I was seeing some other people tweet, you know, is it eight, is it seven? And I started, kind of started to think, like, I've been so focused on the division now, like, we should really celebrate when they do clinch the playoffs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the goal, but they're going to do it this week probably at some point. And they might clinch the playoffs during the Rays series, which would actually be kind of interesting. You know, they're going for the division, but could get themselves into the postseason then. Because baseball reference and fan graphs both have the Orioles at basically 99.9% plus chances to make the playoffs, it's almost like an afterthought. But this team has not been to the postseason in seven years. So right. I kind of had to reset and be like, you know, I should celebrate that a little bit more than I was thinking about, but it's not super on my mind because they're going to get in. Like they're going to win at least seven more games. And some of those teams are going to lose at least that many games. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's about the division and you're right about the one game against Tampa. You know, once they get that one win, they secure the tiebreaker, which means if the two teams finish with the same record, there's no more game 163. They would win the division. So basically Tampa doesn't just have to even with the Orioles, they have to surpass the O's. So right now it's a four-game lead. If you assume the O's can win one out of four at home against Tampa, which they're going to do that, it's basically a five-game lead right now. So the division lead keeps getting bigger and bigger. I don't know if everyone feels this way, but after seeing how these two teams are playing right now, I kind of think the O's are going to clinch this thing up like pretty early. Like yeah. that Nats series maybe, I would start getting your tickets for that two-game series against the Nationals. I think that might be when this thing is uh, all said and done for the Orioles to win the division. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I've already got I've got tickets. Wednesday's my birthday, so I'm going. I've got um, seats like basically like five rows behind home plate. 
uh, for the for, through my company for that game. It's gonna um on Wednesday. So if they and then I have a game tickets for the game on Friday. So if they clinch a playoff spot either Wednesday or Friday, I'll be happier than a, than uh than a pig and crap. But uh, if they clinch before that, I'll be happy as well. I just want to be there for it. I remember Connor being there in 2014 when they clinched the division against Toronto. It was a packed house. Everybody was like, you know what? This could. It was the Orioles' first opportunity of the season to clinch, and they did it. And it was just an awesome moment to be a part of that, and I would love to be a part of it. And may, maybe the celebration isn't the same because it's the wild card and they know that they need to win this division. Um, but I still want to be a part of that by being in the ballpark. Um now, as far as getting to the postseason, look, th- th- in your mind, Connor, Connor, how old are you again? I am 25. You were 25 years old. So you weren't even around in 97, correct? I was, I was born weeks after the 97 ALCS ended. Okay. So I remember where I was in the 97 ALCS because I was, four, I was, uh, yeah, I was 13 years old. I remember Mike Messina's start. I remember his epic performance in the ALCS. I remember that 97 season. I remember Randy Myers only blown save. It was he gave up a three-run homer to Giambi against the Athletics. I I was playing catch with my dad in the front yard, um, listening on the radio. That 97 team has always stood out for me as the best Orioles team of my lifetime. All apologies to 2012, all apologies to 2014. The 97 Orioles were the best team in baseball. They were wire to wire. And the fact that they didn't win the World Series was probably one of the biggest baseball tragedies of my entire life um, to date. But I have to put this, this Orioles team maybe a notch behind that 97 team until they surpass them. What For you, Connor, where does this 2023 Baltimore Orioles team rank amongst all your all-time favorite teams? Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of teams that I've been around to watch, and, you know, because of, of when I was born, 2012 was the first winning season I was alive for. So mm-hmm. I was basically born right as that year started, um, and they continued until 2012. So, the so it's your Orioles, fault. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it'll be hard to just like the the way the 2012 Orioles sit in my mind and my heart because I had always been a bigger Orioles fan than a Ravens fan. Yet mm-hmm. for a lot of years, you know, everybody was locked in on the Ravens and nobody cared about the Orioles because they lost 90-plus games every single year. So for them to have that season in 2012 with those players, like, you know, no one will have a, you know, a, a bigger place in my heart than like Robert Andino and Joe Saunders. And, you know, Nate McLeod and some of these guys, you know, obviously the stars of the team, but it'll be tough for that. But this team, they're better. They're much better. They're better than the 2014 team, too. Um, and so in terms of talent that I've seen, this is the most talented Orioles team that I have seen. Now, that 97 team I do know, despite the fact that I didn't get to watch them, they had more big talent, I think. They had more big-name stars. Um, they had more players that the general baseball fan would know on that team. And I think they would have been considered more quote-unquote stacked and loaded, that mm-hmm. 97 team, than this current 2023 version of the Orioles. So we'll have to wait and see because that, that team certainly seemed built and primed to win the World Series as well. I don't, still don't know if that's the case for this current team, but in my lifetime, this is the best team I've seen. Yeah, it's um that 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 '97 team, man. They had four Hall of Famers on it, and then and Rafael Palmero, who should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, it, it was that team was absolutely stacked, and I remember Roberto Alomar saying that that was the best team he ever played on was the ninety the '97 Baltimore Orioles. The fact that they didn't win the World Series that year, it, I, I it still hurts me. 
when I think about it. So I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's time for uh, it's time for Take to Rake. Connor, you've played this game before. Unfortunately, since you've played this game a lot, we, you don't get the guest ghost first privilege. Um, all right, so it, Zach took Ryan O'Hearn. I took Gunnar Henderson. Ryan O'Hearn played two less games than Gunnar Henderson. He got 16 less plate appearances than Gunnar Henderson. But he went 6 for 15, a double, a home run, four RBIs, no walks, only one strikeout. Slash 400, 400, 667 with a 1067 OPS. Gunner, he went uh, 8 for 31. He had three doubles, a triple, a home run, six RBIs, no walks, eight strikeouts. 258, 258, 516, 774. I, I hate it because I feel like Gunner had a better week than that, but I think Zach has to win this. Am I correct? It's close. Um, Gunner had some laser shots, including that homer um, in Anaheim, but probably Zach barely. Yeah, yeah. So Zach, you get to pick first. Yeah. By the way, that is the first. <laughs> that is the first time in the history of the bat round that a guest has picked me to win. Whenever Paul a- asks any guest, it's always not me. It, it always has been that way. So thank you. Oh, I, I, pre- I, I pay them. Yeah, <laughs> I talks. pay them. He prearranges this, but thank you, Connor. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm Connor, gonna- I for- your checks lost in the mail. My bad. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I uh, this is. I'm gonna go Austin Hayes. I feel confident. Okay. And Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes. All right. All right, uh, Connor. I will let you go second. Yeah. Um. The Orioles are going to score a lot of runs this week. I think against this Boston team, and then that St. Louis pitching staff that's coming in. My goodness, are they bad? Um. We might even get to see Drew Rom the Orioles hmm. this week, which would be certainly interesting. Um. I think Adley Rutschman is going to start a monster stretch. Um, I think his home run last night kind of kicked it off. I think he's going to end the season on a tear, and I think that starts this week. All right. Who am I going to take? It's between Anthony Santander and – actually, it's between three guys. It's between Santander – I can't take Henderson. It's between uh, him – it's Santander, Mountcastle, or Westberg. I think Westberg's bat has really started to heat up. But he doesn't play enough, right? You right. know, That's he, he, he he he's reached a point where he should be playing almost every day, and he's not. Um, although I he did pinch hit rather early in the game for Adam Frazier last night. Once they got the lefty, uh, once they got the righty out of the game, um, uh, I think I got to take Mountcastle. I, I I think that Mountcastle, like like you said, Connor, they've got they're facing a lot of bad pitching. I think it starts sure. for him today. They're going up against Chris Sale, who the Orioles have owned in his career, and. Uh, especially recently, and Mountcastle just owns lefties. I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle for Take to Rake. Connor, what do you got coming up for us? Yeah, so podcast will be back on Monday, uh, recapping this Red Sox series. And again, you know, going every day of the week, Monday through Friday, on the Locked on Orioles podcast. Get it wherever you listen to pods. Get it on YouTube as well. Um, this week will just kind of be, you know, recapping the, the Red Sox and the Cardinals series. Obviously, we'll do a little little perspective if they do clinch a playoff spot, but then really, like, locking in for this Rays series. Um, I haven't really done, like, a lot of series previews on the podcast just because it's, it's every day and there's a lot going on with this team. But sure. we're going to really dive into this Rays series game by game, look at how they set up the rotation. And then, of course, you know, I, I, I think John Means is going to be holding the baseball on the mound for the Orioles this week, so certainly we'll have that covered on the pod as well. Yeah, really looking forward to that. I, I'm hoping selfishly, again, he gets a start on Wednesday when I'm there. 
Um, but we'll see. Connor, great stuff as always, man. Always a pleasure when we get to have you on the show. I'm sure we'll be talking to you down the line. Enjoy what's coming up for Baltimore sports. we got a lot of fun stuff coming our way over the next uh, couple of weeks. So enjoy yourself. We'll talk soon, all right? Thank you. That was Connor Newcomb from the Locked on Orioles podcast joining us. He puts a lot of thought into everything that he does. Very talented, and he's got that perfect broadcasting voice, too. So always love when we get to have Connor on the show. we got to catch our final break. When we come back in, we'll, we'll close things out with our final O's thoughts and then some Ravens thoughts as they open the season tomorrow as 10-point favorites against the Houston Texans at home. That and more next on the Bataround. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com.
Welcome back in to the Bat Around. Today's show has been brought to you by Pressbox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or Listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Folks, you never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with former NFL safety Adam Archuleta before he calls Ravens-Texans for CBS. Plus, former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury and Matt Castle and Maryland football legend Lamont Jordan. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Com. By the way, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver for Ohio State, already has a 71-yard touchdown with a minute 15 into the game. So One somebody, minute 15 seconds. Somebody posted, um, posted on Twitter last week. He had, um, what was it, one catch for like seven yards in the season opener. And they're yeah. like, at this pace, or one catch, or like two catches for 17 yards or something like but that. he had a touchdown, though. And, so. uh, last week? Yeah, yeah huh. I think he had one in the third quarter. And they, were, they, they, they said... Um, he is on pace for 24 catches for 243 yards this year. And I said... Oh, he didn't. I lied. Oops. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think he scored a touchdown last, last week. And I, and I quote tweeted that, and I, and I said, imagine thinking this and then seeing next week, and he, when he goes off, next week when he goes off for 17 catches for 302 yards and, and three touchdowns. I, so I barely watch college football. Like It's not one of the things that's big in my life. But I legitimately don't think I've seen a better college wide receiver than this guy. Like, he's... Can the Ravens trade for him? <laughs> Man, I mean, whoever is the number one pick next year, I probably going to be... I don't want to speculate. I don't know. But whoever ends up being the worst team in football is going to get a prime prospect. I mean, there I, I legitimately think he's one of the best college football prospects I've ever seen. He's unbelievably I mean, his fast. His dad was... Good hands. A Hall of Famer. His dad's a Hall of Famer. Right? Like, There's it's, lots it's like of Jackson guys. Holiday. There's, there's Matt Holiday's not a not a Hall of Famer, but, but one, one, really good. Still one of the great hitters it's, in baseball. It's, it's crazy how many Hall of Fame athletes have sons that aren't any good. Yeah, you look yeah. at Pete Rose, uh, Tony Gwynn, Barry Sanders had a son who played college football for a little while. wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah. It, um. Who else? Um. Deion Sanders has a son playing starting quarterback right now for yeah, his for his he team. Went but he's pretty looks pretty good. Week. Yeah. Um. I, I was like, when I saw he was starting quarterback for Dion's team, I was like, is that nepotism? And he went bananas. And yeah. I was like, all right, no, it's not nepotism at all. He's really freaking good. Um, Griffey, Griffey Jr. turned out pretty well. Yeah, well, but Ken Griffey Sr. wasn't a Hall of Famer. He's no, very good, but he, yeah, but, yeah. But, he, but he wasn't a Hall of Famer. I mean, Barry Bonds turned out pretty damn good. Yeah. Believe it or not, not Bobby a Hall Bonds of Famer. not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So. Um, but I think Bobby Bonds won an MVP one year. Oh, yeah, he was great. I mean, and the same with the fielders. I, Cecil Fielder, not a Hall of Famer, but, you know, yeah. really great hitter. Really. Yeah, the, the, and... Um, you know, and then I'm going to leave it alone. Um, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know where you were going with that. I'll but tell you in the break. Okay. Uh, in the break, after the show. Um, final O's thoughts. And I put in here Greg Amzinger, Mark DeRosa, Steve Phillips. And you're right. We've never talked about Greg Amzinger. And then we've I've mentioned him like five times today. And it's because last night, as the Orioles are winning their sixth game in a row and their ninth and 12 games since Bautista went down, playing their best baseball of the year, He's gushing over the Tampa Bay Rays and gushing over their bullpen and why he, th- he that's his pick. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are the best team in the American League. There's not a team out there that scares me. 
And all he could say about the Orioles is, they they lost Felix Bautista, and that's that. I can't describe how big of a blow that is for the Orioles' chances. They're in first place, bro. By four games, they have to go under five hundred the rest of the way, basically, to not win this division. It's not happening. No. Uh, then you look at Mark DeRosa a few weeks back. He picked his top five World Series contenders, and he left the Orioles out. Yeah. And to, that's that's really, really hard to do. And, and that, to their credit, uh, Robert Flores and um, La- uh, Lauren Shahadi. I love Lauren Shahadi. Um, they, bo- they both came down on him like, how are the Orioles not in your top five? Now, Shahadi is a, a very... I don't know what the word is, but she's she's de- definitely supporting the Orioles and excited about what they're doing. Yeah, she notices well, how, but that. But how can you not be? And DeRosa was like, I mean, if I had a team of six teams, I'd put the Orioles in there. Sure. And then Steve Phillips back in May when he said, the Orioles, yeah, they're good right now, but the pitching's not going to hold up, and they're going to be lucky to get the third wild card spot. These people have been doubting the Orioles all year. All year. And look, I'm not one of those people, apologize, take it back, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's but, but it's just, it's, it's, at what point do you buy in? At what, yeah. and, and look, I get it. We have, maybe we have blinders on. Maybe we're definitely biased because we watch this team day in and day out. I do my best not to be, but. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, but, but, and, and look, people will straight up tell you that I'm super negative about the world. I think I've been overwhelmingly positive about this team. No, I think you're I, I think you're far more positive than negative. Yeah. And the, the the fact of the matter is this team's really good. Yes. And they're resilient. They've they've only had two three game losing streaks this entire season. One of them was four games. The, right. the, this team has met every challenge head on and taken it down. At what point do you look at this team and say everything I said they couldn't do they've done? Well, October's a different beast. Everything's a different beast. May's schedule was a different beast, a different animal than April's. July and August was one of the toughest schedules coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah. And the Orioles dominated everybody. Yeah. Everybody. They're playing 686 baseball in the second half. That's stupid. This team's going to win 100 games. This team's going to win this division. This team's going to get basically 10 days off. Yeah. At the end of the year. Right. I have to be, in order to play devil's advocate here, and I already said it on the show, I, my, my opinion's out there on it, that I think the one thing left for the Orioles to prove, and and you've said it all along, they've proved basically everything they've, have, they've had to, and, and they've outdone just about everyone's expectations. They have one major thing left to prove, and that's do they have the experience and are there enough guys on this team with experience to be able to get you through a playoff race? I 100% am... Pl- not playoff races is the word. A playoff uh, run. run is the word. I believe that it's a question mark. And that's the only thing left that they have to prove, really. Because you're right. They're going to win 100 games. They've played incredible ball all year. Everything's gone great. But they don't have the guys that have the playoff pedigree like the Dodgers, like the Astros, like the Braves. They're just not as experienced. And that's a fact. That's not. That's just logic telling me, okay, that's what we can see. That's the, the age of their team is far lesser than the ages of all the other teams I just imagined. It is a question mark. Is it significant? I don't know. We're going to find out. But I think it's worth noting. It's certainly worth noting. One of the best home field advantages in all of baseball. They do. With, with that they ball do. in left field. Yep. 
Um, what uh, a great decision, by the way. We yeah. look back on that and like, eh, great decision. By yeah, the yeah absolutely. Um, and I don't really even notice it anymore, honestly. No, it's just it's it's a part of the baseball park yeah. now. It's like, it's just it, it's there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you, you know what? That's a lie. I do notice it when somebody hits a bomb that's right-handed. Yeah. And it gets called on the warning track. I think I notice it more when I'm there, though. Like yeah. I, when it's on TV, I don't really it doesn't. Well, I mean, it's out of your peripherals. It's right. not, until somebody hits a ball left field. Um, but you notice it when somebody gets a hold of one and it's still caught. Right. Um, but look, if they if they have home field advantage, those teams have to come here. Yeah. You know, and hold serve at home, split on the road. You're gonna you're gonna do good things. Sure. And look, you, two of those three teams that you mentioned, Dodgers and Braves, see them in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like those, are, that's the only time you're gonna see them. Yep. And once you get to the world, I don't care. Once you get to the World Series, you're there. Well, if you, if they get to the World Series, they've proved they had the experience at that point. You're, you're yeah. saying you're saying okay, we we actually know how to win in the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's and, and look. I'm not going to say they don't. Again, I, it's a question mark. I have no knowledge one way or the other about whether they're going to be because nobody does. Nobody's seen them play in the playoffs. Nobody knows. But I do think that guys like Adley Rutschman who are in their early 20s and are still young are really experienced and great leaders even though they're so young. And mm-hmm. I think that it's they're in maturity beyond their years. And there's a lot of Orioles I could say that for. So and maybe the guys like Kyle Gibson and Adam Frazier, they're here for a reason, frankly. Um, they've been in playoff races before. They've been in this kind of thing. So they'll they'll be certainly experienced too. So, I again, I don't know one way or the other what's going to happen, but it's just worth noting. It's, yeah. it's, it's, certainly, yeah. it's certainly something we're going to have to think about when that comes J- James, time. James McCann. James has, McCann's a good... Has, yep. has yep. been there, you know, and... Um, and Adley Rutschman's played in, you know, how many championships in his life? Yeah. The guys, all, all these guys have played in championships. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's... There's... It's no coincidence that the Orioles haven't been swept since Adley got here. Right. It's no coincidence. It's no coincidence they have maybe the best record in baseball since right. he got here. And it's just if that we compare them to Freddie Freeman or Alex Bregman or Mookie Betts, and these guys have played in how many World Series now mm-hmm. and, and seen it all, and they've done their thing, and it's like you look at it that way and you go, okay, Adley Rushman just doesn't have that kind of experience, and he doesn't know what it's like to play in, the, in these kind of situations yet. And so It's... um. So I, I'm a, I'm a mortgage loan originator, by the way. If you're looking to buy a home, you can't do <laughs> it without, you can't do it without a loan. Come see your boy at first home mortgage. Um, but, <laughs> do they get uh, the batter on discount? Pro- I, promo I, code batter no, on. No, 20? I can't even like legitimately can't even talk about that. Like that that could be like a, a violation. Can't oh, talk oops, about any sorry. kind of stuff like that. Sorry. Um, but I'm in the I got into the industry in the worst market in over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps talking about how it's the worst market they've ever seen. But they it's talk worse about, than 08. Yes. Okay. Um, they they're talking about how because our, our, our one of our corporate guys, one he's I think the top salesman in the history of the company. He we just had a corporate meeting with him and he said, guys, I was, you know, two years in when the when the market crashed in two thousand eight. This market's worse. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's it's a it's a situation where he said, but our rookie LOs are performing well because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the Orioles. They're so good because they don't know any better. They don't know that they're not supposed to be. You can't tell them that. They go out there and they, they, there's something to be said for the confidence of a 22 year old. Yeah. Think about how. I mean, you are 22 and yeah. you're, you you know you're a sad sack of crap. But yeah. no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no, no confidence at all. The the, the confidence None. of a 22 year old professional athlete. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. You know, and, and look at Marvin Harrison the, Jr. This this <laughs> team does not know. That they're 
not supposed to be doing this. AJ says that the the same was said about the 2010 Giants. They kicked the teeth in of all their opponents and shut up the baseball world and became the team of the decade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. That, it's I, true. Again, I'm just noting it. It's not, I'm not predicting anything one way or the no, other. And, and no, and it, it's a fair assessment. Yeah. It's just that the, the adverse to that is, well, but what if they do because they don't know that they're not supposed to? It could be. That, you know? That's absolutely possible. And, and, and that's been this whole season. Right. You know, they, they were projected by Fangraphs to win 75 games. Yeah. They blew that out yeah. of the water in, by mid-August, right? It, this this team is incredible. They're incredible. I don't know that they're going to go to the World Series. I know they're going to the playoffs, and I know they're not going down without a fight, you know? So it's going to be one of those things, man, where I'm so happy that they're this good. It's a, the best time of maybe of my entire life to be an Orioles fan. To, I, no doubt to, to be is. To be a Baltimore sports fan, and yeah, the, 2012 is the only other time that compares. Two, te- two teams you expect to possibly be able to win a World Championship. Yep. That's just... It doesn't, and, ever and that's happen. why it might be better because you actually have legitimate expectations that both your teams could win the world championship right. this year. Which moves us on to the Baltimore Ravens, and I know we're going super long here, but whatever. Um, it's a Saturday and a great one, a great sports weekend. Um, got Ravens going up against the Texans tomorrow. Ten point favorites. Lamar Jackson has all the weapons he's ever going to need. Your thoughts on the Ravens as we close the show. Well, I I think the Texans are going to be possibly in the running for Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, that's that's my fair assessment of them. I I don't think they're very good. I don't think they have a chance to win more than four or five games. I think that's their cap. And they're missing some of the their top guys on defense. Jimmy Ward's not going to play tomorrow, I assume. There's some guys they're missing. So I I think that the Ravens have a real advantage with their defensive line against that offensive line. They're missing a few guys there. The Ravens do not have a very good defensive line. I'm not very. It's probably the te- team's weakest point. I believe. I, I don't think there's many guys with Bowser out that are going to make a huge difference. I just do not believe in Adafi away. I just don't see it. I, I don't. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's really raw talent. However, I think that there was last year a lack of real pass rushing from him. Overall, I, I didn't see him get to the quarterback that often. Weren't you the one who told me about his new move? I, no, I think that was Ojabo. I believe that was Ojabo I talked about. Oh, I thought it was Elway. It, I mean, I, it might it might have been. I, regardless, I, I just i am not a huge believer. He might have changed up some things and worked really hard. I hope he did, and I hope he got better. Because last year, I didn't see him get to the quarterback a ton. I don't really think it's going to matter tomorrow. I think he's probably going to get to the quarterback a lot because the Texans' offensive line is missing about half their starters, and More they're really starters, and yeah. they're and they're really bad as it is. So it's the Texans are a team that I expect to walk all over. I, I don't really have much concern about this game. I will say, you know, the Ravens last year made things interesting with teams that weren't very good. So I think they're a lot better this year. Lamar Jackson's got weapons. I really hope Odell plays. He's got an ankle injury, but I, I think he's going to be okay. He he basically went on Twitter and more or less said, I'm playing. Yeah, so, he, he said, I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, but, and, then, and then he said something after, like people say anything after the Ravens listed him on the injury report. So mm-hmm. I think he's fine. Yeah. Bateman's full go. Uh, I, I expect Zay Flowers to get a good, a good number of touches tomorrow. Hopefully, J.K. Dobbins gets a good number of touches tomorrow. I'm excited. Like I, I haven't been this excited for Ravens football in a while, and I'm always super excited, but my level is even higher right now. It's funny. I'm excited because I love football. I love Sundays in, in the fall. But the, it's the best. Best time of year. It, but the Orioles have, have consumed me. So I, I'm going to the game on the 24th, and it wasn't until one of my referral partners sent me a magnet mm-hmm. of their schedule that I knew who they were playing. I don't know. They're I mean, playing. I, they're playing the Colts. Playing the um, Colts. It, it was a. Uh, but but I, I, Lamar's got four first round wide receivers on yeah. his roster right yeah. now. He's got 
an all-pro tight end. He's got a running back who averaged 5.7 yards per carry last year and 6.6 yards per carry as a rookie, right. who I think is going to get a ton of touches this year. Yep. The offensive line looks looks to be really good. Um, I think Lamar is going to run less this year. Agreed. 100%. But, but I think he's going to average more yards per carry, per carry because they're going to spread the field so much. Right. He's going to have so many open running lanes if he wants to dr- pull it down and, and, and go. Last year's offense was so unbelievably predictable. Mm-hmm. You had every other play was a read option yeah. or a zone pool or whatever it was. They Every single play was some variation of the 10 plays that Greg Roman liked to run. People are not giving the Ravens a lot of respect. No, not they, at all. A lot of people are leaving them out of their playoff predictions. And a lot of people, they ESPN wrote an article where they polled executives about the top teams, and um, they had the Ravens fifth. And one of the executives said, um, "This Ravens offense is is fun until you get to week three, and then and realize that." They're miraculously back to the same offense they've been running with forever. That's a crazy statement. Yeah, that's completely unsubstantiated. There's no. Uh, that's just stupid. And there's still this narrative, and people at this now people are saying it without saying it that Lamar can't throw. Oh my! God. And uh, it to me, you, the, you should be disqualified from talking about football if that's what you think. Uh, uh, to me, this has a lot of the same feel as, and, and, and it, it's hard to say that you didn't know. That Lamar Jackson was going to come out and throw for 324 yards and five touchdowns, and the Ravens yeah, were going to beat the Dolphins 59 to 10. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, you also didn't know that that first game for in Hollywood Brown's career was going to be the best game of his career. Yeah, also uh, true. We, nobody knew that. No, but my feeling now is that that's we're going to see something similar to that tomorrow. I 100 agree. And people keep saying, "Oh well, that, he didn't. They didn't play their starters in the preseason." There's going to be a lot of rust and a lot of you know kinks to iron out with this new offense. Tomorrow's a preseason game, to, to me. Yeah. T- tomorrow is the game where they iron it all out, and because they don't have to be perfect. Right. Tomorrow. Right. So for me, and look, we can knock on wood. The Texans are not coming in here and beating the Ravens tomorrow. And you know what? I'll go out and say it right now. I will eat a sweat sock on this show next week. Okay. Not a whole sweat sock, but part of a sweat sock. On this show next week at the Ravens lose. You've tomorrow. also got a 21-year-old quarterback who was okay in preseason. Like, he was fine from what I saw, but it was preseason. I mean, who cares? But he also is coming in with no NFL experience. And no weapons. None. And no weapons. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is gone, long gone. I mean, they, they don't have much there they have, at all. They, they, they have Robert Woods. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. They did get Robert they have, Woods. They yeah. have Robert Woods. Yeah. And they have Devin Singletary. Singletary. And who's not, the running back, Pierce? What's his first name? Uh, da- Damien? Is it Damien Pierce? I think so. Yeah. Um, that, That's it. Yeah, they don't have much. It's it's going to be, and that's what I, you know, C.J. Stroud could be excellent tomorrow. He could throw for, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't play defense. He, right, he doesn't play defense. You can't, he's not a one-man team. And, you know, Lamar Jackson was that at some point last year, I guess, for the Ravens. But generally, the quarterback cannot be a one-man team. And look, he, he, he if he plays really well tomorrow, good for him. But they're not beating the Ravens. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, so prediction time. I'll let you go first since you want to take your rake. 34-10, Ravens. 34-10, Ravens. 63-3. to No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... 40 to 13. Okay. Ravens cuz I think that I think that they're going to get some field goals. Okay. Um 40 to 13 Ravens. Um I have a feeling here's what's going to happen, my guess. The Texans are going to come out really strong. 
for like one series and then that's going to be it people are going to freak out like the texans might go down the field and, and score on the opening series people are going to lose their minds on ravens twitter and then the ravens will go and put up 34 and just win the game yeah yeah it's going to be um and, and look they they got to get it going because next week they're going into cincinnati to play the bengals with <laughs> without, as, without marlon humphrey <laughs> as much as this is going to be a win that one's going to be a loss in my mind, because Marlon Humphrey, I mean, Rocky Sin, I think he's going to play both of these games, yeah. I believe. But behind that, Ronald Darby is—is is it Darby? Is yeah. that he's okay? Like played, he's been in the league forever. Um, and then beyond that, they have nothing. Seymour, I, mean, I don't really trust Seymour. I mean, Kyle Hamilton's going to play a lot of nickel. You think he is? All right. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, that's one of the reasons that they rated him so high—the yeah. the highest rated safety on PFF last year. He's so good. Was uh, he's he can do everything on defense, but he was really great in nickel coverage last year. And I think that's where we're gonna that's where they're gonna put him. Um so we'll talk about that game next week. Get through this week. Orioles healthy. Yeah. Or Orioles that's the other thing. If the Ravens are healthy, I think they have the, they might have the best offensive football. If they're healthy. Yeah. I, I think the Bengals have a slight division uh, advantage because I think their cornerback room is is, is better. Um, and I, I without Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens' cornerback room is really thin, really, yeah, well, really they're, bad. They're, they're really thin every year. But you, the, and, the, the, and the Bengals' offense is just as good. The Ravens, opinion, the Ravens so. outplayed the Bengals in all three games last year. Yeah, they outplayed. I mean, and the last two, if they had Lamar Jackson, they win going away. True, they go. They win True. going away. They, they they were a fumble at the two yard line away from winning a playoff game against that, job, against that team with Tyler Huntley. That that was. Uh, the play was for him to go low, and he tried to jump over the yeah. line from the two-yard line. That was stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Pro bowler, though. Um, big time to be a Baltimore sports fan. Orioles, I hope they sweep the Red Sox. I think it's going to be a tall task because they've got a – what's his name? Um, who's the guy? Bellio, is that his name? Uh, Brian Bello. Bello. Yeah. Bello. Uh, he's going tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Chris Sale's – it's still Chris Sale. I think the Orioles have handled him enough, but it's still Chris Sale. But look, I, the Orioles could sweep the series, and then they could sweep St. Louis, and it, the next thing you know, we're celebrating on Tuesday that the Orioles have won have won a playoff spot. But yep. awesome time! Thank you so much to Stan. We've had a really nice string of great segments with Stan, so that was really great today. Thank you to Connor Newcomb; he's always fantastic as well. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you to all of you, the listeners, the fans of our show. Um, without you, we certainly don't have a show. We appreciate you. Thank you, Zach, for everything you do. I was actually sitting here going back and forth with you, and I was like, it's cool to have you able to have a rapport with somebody where you can have a good sports conversation with them for two and a half hours so it's it's awesome doing shows with you so thank you for everything that you do and uh until next week enjoy baltimore sports awesome time to be alive see ya